Hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 24 of the San Diego Comic-Con special. I'm your host, Cameron Shustar, and with me is... James Seelig. Alright, so I... we Well, we're back. It's been roughly three to four weeks now we've actually been off for a little bit. Has it? I think so. Um, I know we recorded right before you left for Comic-Con, and then... Oh, then maybe it's been three and a half weeks. Yeah, and then we didn't end up having time to record between you coming back from Comic-Con and then, like, leaving for Bermuda. So, probably closer to three weeks? That sounds about right, yeah. So, I was, yeah, I, was, I went to San Diego Comic-Con for a good amount, uh, basically the amount of a week. Came back for about six days or so and then left again to a nice little island called Bermuda off the east coast or not off the east coast away from the east coast of the u.s but it was about eight days for that so yeah i've been i've been gone for quite a while because of that though the news is stacked up we never got to do our comic-con news so there's a ton of that not to mention everything afterwards so this will actually be the first of two episodes we're actually recording today so we'll be in here for quite a bit of time after this, there will be our quarter centennial episode, 25, which yeah. will have all post-San Diego content up to just maybe a few days ago. Uh, anything that's basically, uh, well, today is actually Wednesday, August 14th, so around like August 11th is where the news is going to stop for what we've been talking about, just because there's so much, honestly. Uh, mainly TV and movie news for both episodes, but we'll, we'll get to them and some will be a little bit longer than others. Like, of course, we have to talk about, like, the, probably the biggest for at least this week in terms of news is all the Phase 4, Phase 5 stuff from Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe and everything else. But I guess we'll start off with my experience of Comic-Con. Sounds good. All right, so my friend Brandon and I drove about eight, nine hours or so to get to San Diego. This includes, of course really really bad traffic that came and hit us at, at a certain point in LA and then at a certain point leading up to San Diego yeah LA and, traffic like it's it's impossible to miss it no yeah it's uh, the LA traffic I that was the one thing I didn't miss when I was living in LA was was that traffic but yeah that, it was it was it was a fun time so we uh, I'll skip all that stuff at Comic-Con itself, we walk in, it's a giant, the convention center is like a, it's model designed like a streamliner, so it feels like a giant ship almost. You go inside, and it's just massive, absolutely massive. It's the biggest building I feel like I've ever been in. It's it's so huge in terms of just like the amount of stuff that's in there. Like maybe not the, t- obviously not the tallest, it's not like the Salesforce Tower or something. But it's just in terms of just amount of things you could have in there. Uh, in perspective, like if anyone's ever gone to Dragon Con, uh, my friends and I have gone there multiple times, and it's like Atlantis Comic Con, but more tailored to like media, cosplay stuff, and everything else, everything like that, like uh, multimedia TV shows and stuff and everything. They had a mart that you could like sell stuff, and there's all these cool things you could buy, and it was three floors, I want to say. And it was it was pretty big. Like, you, it would take you maybe five minutes to get from one side to the other. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it just with all the people packed in there. Like, you mm-hmm. have to walk through a lot of people, so maybe it takes you... I mean, okay, three to five minutes at the most. So, you have to do all that, and that's the first floor. Second floor is basically the same, uh, just different stuff to buy. And then you get to the third floor, and it's, like, Artist Alley, so there's, like, different artists, and there's a small amount of shops up there, too. You go to San Diego Comic-Con, it's not only the size of all three of those floors combined, but that would maybe just make the corner of the Comic-Con Convention Center. Like, it was just, like, uh, I would say one-fifth of those three fours, if you just put them next to each other. That was just, like, kind of one small little fifth of the Comic-Con area. Dang. I could be wrong. It could be even smaller, honestly. But it, it just, it really put things into perspective. To get from one side to the other... Uh, takes about 15 minutes maybe damn yeah i mean granted it's like crowded and shit but that's crowded maybe 20 to 30 20 to 30 minutes maybe if it's crowded damn oh wow maybe maybe i could be wrong that maybe time went faster or slower but it felt like if if it was really really crowded it could take you like 20 to 25 minutes maybe not 30 i'm probably like over over exaggerating if anything but it it was like it takes time to get Mm -hmm. anywhere like, you're, like, walking, and then you realize you're walking, like, for a while. You're just like, oh, where's this? Where's that? When you look at something, you're like, how far do I have to go to get to this point? And it really does take a lot of time. So, that being said, though, like, the amount of stuff in there. Like, there is massive booths for different things. Anything from maybe, uh... A comic book publisher to a TV channel network or that kind of company. So, like, Nickelodeon had a giant Krusty Krab. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so there's Krusty Krab in there. And you could go inside and do stuff. I never got to myself. It was something I wanted to do, but it never. I never had to... I didn't have time. There was enough stuff to do that I did not have time. Hmm, and, like, DC had probably the biggest area, I want to say. Well, actually... Yeah, technically they had the biggest single booth. Uh, it, it spread, it was like basically DC Warner Brothers, it was combined. So they had everything there from, they, they had a lot of the costumes from multiple movies and TV shows like Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight and the new Pennyworth TV show and stuff. There, there was multiple different types of things like that because they were also celebrating the 80th anniversary of Batman. So uh, it was kind of more themed around that. And then you had Disney had basically three booths, I want to say. They had a giant Star Wars area. It was pretty massive, too. Makes sense. Uh, honestly, almost as big as maybe... Yeah, no, I would say almost as big as DC. I don't think it was as big. I could be wrong. I I, I don't think it was as big. And then there was the Marvel booth, which that one was kind of... That was okay. They had, like, two Captain Marvel costumes that I didn't really... I was like, all right, that's, that's fine, I guess. But... They had like what they had there was a shop. They they had a Marvel shop, and that's where a massive line of people were. And actually, I'll get to that afterwards because I feel like that's its own category of stuff. So there's Marvel area. There was even a small little Disney area. All the comic book publishers had an area. So like uh, Aspen Comics, Boom, IDW, Image. I don't think Dynamite did. But like yeah, so Dark Horse, like all these guys had their own booths and areas. Like they were pretty big, honestly. And then there were 
booths for places like, well, Nintendo had a big one all the way at the side, so did Blizzard, so certain game companies had them, and then there were individual shops that sold actual, like, comics and graphic novels, places that sold, like, action figures and toys, books, everything you could think of, like, there was just all types of crazy stuff all over the place, there was even, like, a costume store, like, there, there was a lot to do, which, the costume store, the most popular, I feel like it was there where everyone got it but the most popular costume there was i work at chips chips uh chips ahoy not chips ahoy uh, scoops ahoy <laughs> yeah so scoops ahoy was the uh place that steve worked at at steve and um oh no i can't remember her name either bobby robin robin steve and robin worked at god oh, that would have sucked yeah steve and robin worked at in stranger things season three so everyone was dressed up as Stephen Robin. Like, that was incredibly popular. That being said... That makes sense. Seems like an easy costume to do, but also, like, really timely, because that just happened. Yeah. Well, no, everyone just bought them from a store. Oh. Well, I was like, wow, okay, it's really then. great. How'd you do that? Oh, you got it from a store. Oh. I asked people, and they were all like, yeah, it's just from a store. It's, mm. That's, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, easy store-bought costume. So cosplay and costumes, all that kind of stuff is... I didn't see too much. I was very surprised by how little I saw. I'm like, maybe I came at the wrong year of it or something, but for the most part, it seemed like Dragon Con greatly eclipses Comic-Con. And if Comic-Con maybe was bigger than other comic places, like other comic conventions for it, I feel like Dragon Con then, that tells me Dragon Con is the cosplay central of any of the other cons. Okay. Like, that's probably the most dominant place with cosplay, now that I've seen Comic-Con. Except for maybe, like, an anime convention, but, uh... Yeah, that's, that's a different beast. <laughs> that's, okay. That's, that's very limited in terms of what you could do there, though. Yeah. Because it's just anime characters, whereas Dragon Con, you could do anything. I guess that's fair, yeah. yeah. So, then you get to the lines. The what? The lines. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so there's lines to get in lines. There's Wait, like huh? Yeah, there's like th- yeah, so the biggest booths I forgot. So there's some booths that were also there that were quite popular called Mattel and Hasbro. Oh, dude, I want that Unicron they showed off. So yeah, they had exclusive stuff there that you could get. Um I wanted to go to Hasbro's because they had a really cool Black Series Boba Fett. It was like modeled after like its first appearance style. So it was, like, kind of vintage-looking. Actually, no, it was very vintage-looking, which it looked really tight. And then there was a... They had the the new Sith Trooper for Rise of Skywalker for Star Wars. And then... Oh, well, this is more Mattel. The Mattel had the Batman 80th Anniversary set, which was a four-figure set that had old Batman that was, like, Zebra Batman, uh, Rainbow Batman negative batman and i think regular batman and basically it's like all these old suits when they were running out of ideas really early on in like i want to say like the 40s they it was like between the 30s and 50s i can't remember which decade it was but basically they're like uh oh we have to change things look batman's got a zebra suit and they're just it was so weird Huh. Yeah, and Robin's like, someone stop him, he's out of control. <laughs> uh, so they had the figures for that, and it was like, in this giant, it's actually right over there. It's oh. in that red bag. Ah. I got it, as you can see. It was, it's well worth it. Um, but yeah, Br- Brandon sitting in line and got it for us. I gave him my card, because he 
we had there were certain points where we were together but then a lot of the times we had to split up to do shit so he went and did that and i would go and do other shit but the lines for these things would take like an hour to an hour and a half and then some of them no hasbro though that one you had to get a ticket for before Uh. the show to even do that there were raffles to do signings to do lines to get in for hasbro well no so signings for anything for oh okay so like dc had a a a raffle to do certain signings like all the different casts of the different shows or specific comic book creators like you could put you basically you put in your points to specific things you could put them all in for one thing and maybe get that one thing or you could spread it to other things and you could get multiple who knows but like uh, like some people lucked out and got to meet the Game of Thrones cast, or other people met the Riverdale cast, Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, or something, and then uh, like Jim Lee, or like some creator like that, Scott Snyder maybe, and it was just like it was it was insane when the cast would come out because. It's not the people in line that are freaking out. It's the people that are just waiting there and they're just waiting for the cast to walk by. So then they're like, oh my God, they're freaking <laughs> out. And the security people are like about to, it looks like they're about to, they're just like stop them at all costs. And they're just, it's almost, it felt like a riot mm. when they would go by. And I remember, cause I was walking through when the Game of Thrones cast was there, I think. And I was just trying to get to Artist Alley, and I'm just like, let me through, please. I just want to go see a comic book artist. That's all. <laughs> let me go past. Oh, hey, look, it's Maisie Williams. <laughs> like, it was just ridiculous. And I'm like, you know, it's definitely not worth it to do these kinds of things unless you, like, got the raffle. Like, I don't want to do that and wait that long for that kind of thing. Just because, to put in perspective, at Dragon Con, I met all these different actors and actresses, and I waited in line for, like, 20 minutes oh. i was like oh hey how's it going dude and I started talking to him for a little bit and everything whereas this one's like sign it go away uh that's what the security people would probably tell you and the celebrities that were there are also a lot of them at least the cw ones the big thing about dragon con is like all the cw uh, cast is usually there except like i i maybe not the stars themselves like Stephen amell and grant gustin I think they are, but they're maybe like in a small, uh, a different spot where maybe there's a bigger line that may take a little bit longer. But it's nowhere near the scale of Comic Con. Like I, I would mind I, meeting Melissa Benoist, Supergirl. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now Chronic. What? She's Chronic. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. Oh, that's yeah. gonna be awesome. <laughs> and um, what, what what's his face? Uh, like, I think the worst thing at Dragon Con was probably David uh, Jason David Frank, the Green Power Ranger. Like, that was probably an hour line or something. That was, like, the biggest uh, line there. That, like, that was, no, no, not, like, not, nothing bad. But, like, that was just the, the longest line I was probably ever in for a celebrity. Okay. Which wasn't even, it was like, ah, it's fine. There was no complaint. Like, people weren't freaking out like it was at Comic-Con where everyone, like, you see the different types of people there, which there were different types of people there for different reasons, of course. Some people will just want to meet creators. Some people will just want to buy shit. Some people will just want to just have a good time and experience stuff. Right. And then there's people that are like, I'm going to go buy these things and resell them. And then they go wow. and buy a shit ton of stuff and then they leave. And you're just kind of like, is that really why you're here? Seems like a waste of a ticket to Comic-Con. 
Well, they, that's but how they whatever. make their. Pro- it's almost honestly, it seemed like for some of those people, that was just their job. Yeah. Okay then. I and guess. then they just go to conventions and get the exclusive shit to then sell it. That is fair. Or search for reseller, like search for people that can't go, and they basically pay them an extra fee to buy that and get that for them. Or I something. will say like, w- oh, during Comic Con week, like on Instagram, like a bunch of my like the feeds that I follow were just like, here's another Comic Con exclusive action figure. You can't get it. And I was like, oh man, but I want that Spider Man figure. <laughs> yeah. So like, um. There were also, of course, all the writers and artists in Artist Alley, and some of them had small boots, and you could just walk up to them and be like, "Hey, how's it going?" And then others were like, "You have to, you have to get a ticket and come back at this time, and they'll be here to sign." And when you get there, there'll be a security guard that goes, "You can hand me the comic, and I'll sign it for you." Mm-hmm. That was Scott Snack. Ah, uh, huh. yeah. So uh, th- there was a lot of different writers and artists I met. The, the best, the absolute best experience I had was Dustin Nguyen, who's a big artist who used to work on Batman with, like, Paul Dini. He did the art for the Heart of Hush storyline, mm. where, like, uh, Hush takes, like, Catwoman's heart and stuff. Like, literally takes out her heart. That's it's a whole nuts. thing. Yeah. It's huh. a big thing. So, um, he wrote that. He d- or he drew that. He drew uh, Batman Streets of Gotham. He's drawn a bunch of other stuff throughout everything, and he, the like. current thing he's doing is an uh, image comic called Descender, or it was Descender, and now the second series, Ascender. He's doing that with uh, the writer is Jeff Lemire, oh. and he was there, and the, the, the reason I love his art is because he does watercolors. Oh. Yeah, so his stuff's really cool when he does that kind of stuff, and so I went over and started talking to him, like, hey, would you be able to do a commission? Uh, or not a yeah i was asked about commissions and he's like it would be easier if you won't even just uh it's not really going to happen usually just because he doesn't usually do commissions often and when he does it's like oh you just have to pay like two thousand dollars or one thousand or something it's usually in the thousands to do a commission with some of these artists just because how big they are and then you have to um well yeah it's just really that and then he basically told me uh, he usually does original stuff that's the equivalent of a commission, and it's just easier to buy that on his online store. And I was like, oh, okay, gotcha. And one of my plans had been to bring this blank comic book, so all the pledges are blank, and then you just have like the artist basically draw what you want in them. And it's like maybe they'll charge you fee- a fee or something like that. And I go in there and I'm like, hey, could you? Uh, I don't have it with me, but would you be able to do that? How much do you charge? And he's like, honestly, I wouldn't be able to really do it here because. It's going to take too much time, plus, like, it won't be that good quality or anything. I mean, like, it would be, it, it just, it wouldn't work. And then he takes one of the comics, I asked him to sign, which he didn't charge me anything for the signings, which was Dragon Con, it was like that too. No one charged anything for the sign. Like, uh, one thing was, like, the inker uh, Alex Sinclair at Dragon Con had said to me, uh, you already bought my product, I'm not going to make uh-huh. you pay again. That was nice. Yeah, which I at first I, when he said that I was like, "Oh, do they all do that?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get to Comic Con and I was like, "They don't," but Dustin Ian did, and so he didn't charge anything. And basically, in one of the comics or in one of the graphic novels, I think he was basically like, "Yeah, so I could do something like this," and he just draws me a Batman face, just like not like a detailed one or anything, but he basically draws Batman for me. And I was like, "Thanks, all right, sweet." That's pretty and cool. I bought like a bunch of prints from him and then like an art book and stuff. 
and it was it was just like a great experience and then i met multiple other artists and writers they were in smaller booths and then there was a really big booth that was timed for scott snyder with the artists greg capullo and jock and i saw scott snyder maybe like two times or so and like i'd have to buy something to get in the line from the booth and i'm like really yeah so to get a ticket to get into the signing you have to buy something from the booth Oh, and what? so at first yeah. I was going to complain, uh, like, I mean, not complain, but I was going to be like, really? Are you serious? Were they trying to swing it as like, buy something and you uh, as a bonus, you get to maybe meet this guy. No, it's like buy something. If you get there early enough, you could buy something and not meet them. So uh, you have to come early. There's a limited amount of slots to get the signing because he's only there for like an hour. Okay. So they're like, all right, this many people can do it. So if you come at this time in the morning... To buy one, you'll get one of these post-it notes that has the oh. time on it. To which I thought in my head, what if I just brought a post-it note that I drew myself? Yeah, like you I told me about that. I was like, wait, yeah. really? Post-it notes? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I thought that was really funny. And I ended up getting Detective Comics 1000, the Alex Ross variant, because I had got... I, I was an, It was a cool variant comic that it's the Alex Ross's rendition of the very first Detective Comics 27. That was not basically it's the very first appearance of Batman, and Alex Ross redid it in his style, and it was amazing, and it sold out really fast. It was like only seventy, I forget, it was like seventy-five dollars, but they sold out really fast on his site. So I, he actually had his own booth and art gallery in Comic Con. This one artist did have all that. He wasn't at them. He wasn't at either of them. He never did any signings. It was just like, hey, you can come to his store oh. and buy stuff that's his pr- art or and buy something maybe that's signed by him, too. And it just costs you an arm and a leg. And I'm like, how much is Detective 1000 $100? What? And I'm like, I gotta go. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> and at the Scott Snyder booth with Jock and Capullo, it was $20. And the funny thing, too, was usually it's only stuff they dated. For some reason, they had Alex Ross's, which didn't make any sense. Uh, well, they, okay, so it had... It's, in Detective 1000, it has stories and stuff that Scott Snyder and Capullo did. But it was just weird seeing the Alex Ross cover there. Right. And then I was like, why is it $20? And he goes, oh, it's in Spanish. It's uh, from the Mexico City Comic Con, I think. And it's just leftovers from that that they're basically getting rid of, but also, like, it's exclusive. So he's like, yeah, it's $20. And I'm like, oh, is it? but it's still, like, his art and everything else. He's like, yeah, it's just the, the letters are in Spanish. Besides, Detective Comics 1000 is in English. All the other words besides the title are in Spanish. And I'm like, it's the same exact art. It's basically oh. still Detective Comics 1000 Espanol. I'll take it. No problem. And then I came back the next day and did another signing because it was a limited amount of books you could do unless you pay $5 for every extra book. So you can get like two books signed and that includes single issue comics. Anything after that, each one is $5. Okay. So I actually probably spent like $70 in signings because I wanted multiple things signed by the artists and writers there plus other areas too that had the same. It was basically like a specific company they did it through and then basically it was the company that charges that amount basically. For the uh, most part, yeah. I see. Yeah. But, um, that was that, and then went to a couple panels. One was a Mega64 panel, which was really awesome. Uh, Mega64, for those that don't know, is a YouTube uh, channel that basically does these crazy game reenactments, where they reenact a game in real life, and then almost get called 
on by the cops, or that they get the cops called on them, and then they have to run away or something. It's really funny. They always do all this crazy stuff, and then they also do these things called Flamewar Theaters, where they basically reenact forums, or they they do Shakespearean-style reenactments funny. of a forum uh, thread that's really stupid. Like, it could be some stupid uh, thing about, like, Sonic or something. And they basically take every uh, multiple comments there and just basically talk. They, they speak the comment out loud, but in a very just, like, well, I think, blah, 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 blah. And they're, like, dressed up like Renaissance people. It's so fucking funny. That's and then they do a podcast. Basically, they're a really funny group of guys that do a bunch of shit. And they're really awesome. So, went to their panel. Uh, went to a panel for Scott Snyder at one point. Tried to get the Hideo Kojima panel. Turned out that we there were too many people and they couldn't fit everyone, even though we were outside. So the line was all right. So the line starts inside, goes outside, and then down three flights of stairs. Like it's so it's um, let's say there's the room. Here's the line inside, uh. and then it goes outside. Here's one floor. The line goes down that floor outside, and then it goes down these stairs. And there's this another floor below that on the outside of the building. Yes. Goes down that through that floor again, basically down three floors, outside. So three platforms of just outside floors, and down those stairs. I was on the second platform or second floor. It was, and basically anyone outside couldn't get in. Damn. And it was like you tell you're telling me that you couldn't figure out how many like like the estimated amount of people were probably inside that would have to wait in line and not know how many people could fit in that freaking room or is that a joke so we wait out there for two hours two hours in the heat uh in san diego in san diego which honestly wasn't that bad but it was just like it was it's weird it's like when you're out there it's hotter than when you're anywhere else well yeah well if anyone not from california needs an idea of where san diego is it's literally on the border to mexico yeah so it's 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 a little bit warmer uh, it's pretty tro- tropical climate in that area it's 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 warm, warm it's not and tropical it's just yeah it's just warmer well tropical as in like i'm just going with biomes there's like certain latitudes where different biomes are found and like around where we are is like the tropical climate zone yeah but I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that. Don't quote me. I'm not okay. the best climatology. <laughs> yeah, so it, yeah, so it was really hot, and we didn't get in. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go get more shit signed. I'll see you guys later. Uh, so it was, it was just r- ridiculous for that. And honestly, like, so that wasn't even in Hall H. That was So that was in a bigger hall. It was in a yeah. big hall, but it wasn't as big as the main hall, which is Hall H, which usually all the big movies or TV shows do there. So like that's you, where Marvel presents its shit like every year, and I heard the line for this year was like insane. So to, it went to around pers- the entire building to put the waiting in line for like Hall H into into perspective. Uh, Brandon and I would be leaving the con at let's say seven to eight o'clock at night, maybe nine o'clock at the latest, and we're leaving, and there's people sitting in chairs outside the convention hall or the convention center. And we were wondering what they're doing there. They're waiting in line for Hall H for the next day. Yeah, it's I, I 8 p.m. And the panel probably won't be until 11 a.m. So they're just going to be there sitting there for 14 hours overnight for 
a two-hour panel where they're going to see a movie trailer or a TV show trailer. That is not appealing at all. Because I, I thought about it, and I was like, you know, that seems like a, that seems a little bit crazy. I'm just wait three weeks, and then the trailer will be out or something. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I, I can wait. And that's the thing. is like, that's literally an, an entire day yeah. of your Comic-Con wasted just sitting in a line. Yeah, so I'm... I, and I, then camping out overnight. Yeah, and it's... I'm, I'm like, certain panels may be really cool to go to, but it really just depends. And I would say, at least... From what I learned, like, I, I, for me, I spent probably most of my time just getting in line for, like, specifically, like, artists and writers and stuff. Just because I wanted so many things signed. And I was also trying to save maybe $10 here and there to not get, like, I, I'd go into the next day to get, like, two more free things signed and then pay a little bit more for the other stuff. But now that I met all those people and kind of saw how everything went there, the worth of doing that compared to, like, um... I guess I'll, I'll like I'll put into perspective like what I what I saw. So like I saw a shit ton of writers and artists. I saw all those people. I waited in line to check out like go to certain shops and get certain things. I got to go to like all the big booths for like DC, Marvel, Star Wars, all the comic book publishers. I went to all the shops, and I got to see like the gaming booths and everything else. The only thing. And that's doing, after all doing that, I did two panels. I went in line for a third panel that I didn't get into. The only things I didn't get to do that I wanted to do were go inside the Krusty Krab for the Nickelodeon booth, go to this cool Dark Crystal experience that you could have checked out, and then um, maybe one or two smaller things similar to those in the hall. And then outside the hall, there was some crazy setup at a ballpark for the Batman 80th anniversary, which was like a cool, like cool Batman museum. And I didn't get to see that. And that Mm. sounded really cool. And there might've been a few, there was like a big Amazon thing outside and a big AMC thing outside for like Walking Dead and then like certain Amazon TV shows and movies coming soon. So like those are two, like they're outside the convention hall too. There's like all these other things to do. Plus like there's other panels. So seeing all those things that I did want to do and I couldn't do that I want to do next time or some, the equivalent of those things next time, like outside activities and things like that, uh, I when I go back again, which I really do, like going once, I was like, awesome. The second time I'm like, I, I, mean, I want to go again just because I know there's other stuff I can do and I wouldn't get tired of it because I know there's a shit ton of stuff. Plus, I'll put it this way too. I want to go enough where maybe there's free time afterwards or I, I feel like I've done everything to a point where I could just go, I want to go to the San Diego Zoo because I didn't, I didn't even get to do that either. Mm. So like there's other things you could still do in the city as well. Oh yeah. And I just never got to even check them out because like it was just dedicated completely to that. So like um, the lesson I learned mainly was from the writers and artists. I just have to see them each once while I'm there. And just anything I want to do, get those things done. But I don't need that many things signed next time. I think I just, I got so excited seeing all these different people that I just wanted as many things as I could get, like, signed and everything else like that. And I was just trying to utilize it to its best. So that was my priority the entire time I was there. Okay. So next time I'll be like, meet them once. Cool. Got maybe a couple things signed. Save some money. But it's two more things I have signed, which is nice. And it, I don't know why it's stuff like that kind of feels good. Uh, 
not it's not the same where I'm like I'm not going to get like a movie actor to sign a movie copy or something like that stuff I don't care about like I'd rather just take a picture with them or shake their hand and say hey great job but for some reason with like writers and artists with comics like I don't know why it just it's it's just fulfilling for some reason it's just like awesome cool this book I really love reading it has great art and it has like the signature of the person that created it I guess it's just more intimate than like a giant movie that like one person of thousands that created it is in or hundreds that created it if that makes sense but yeah so that was really my whole experience at comic-con i know it's kind of disorganized and everything else but it's honestly really awesome i would say go at least once and just see how you like it if you can get in like i'm going to try again i'll get two attempts the first one's in october for people that went already and they get like the raffle there and then if you don't get it you get to try again with people that are first trying for like for the regular, more public one that's in February, I believe. Or I think those are the dates. I could be wrong. But, um, yeah, it's it's really cool. Just be ready for a very crowded place, being in line for a lot of things. But as long as it's something you really want to do, it's it'll you'll know if it's worth it or not to wait in line for certain things. Right. It's 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 a very person-by-person scenario. But, yeah, that's, that's my Comic-Con experience in a 30-minute time span. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, now that we've got that done... We'll get to the regular, not regular, just because all the news is a shit ton of movie and TV news, and then a small amount of things we've watched. Uh, I have one thing for gaming, which we'll probably keep short, just because it's actually pretty old now as well. It's just some Death Stranding news. But James, did you have anything you want to talk about that you played? Because I have nothing. Uh, mostly just the stuff I mentioned the last couple times. I, I, I'm still playing through Division. Well, not through. I finished it. Uh, just doing the end game stuff. I finally got my character up to gear score, like 500. Um, I'm liking the different things you can like spec your character out to do, depending on what armor set you have and all that. Uh, the, uh, they're not exactly exotic, but there's like a couple like specifically named suits or, or like armor sets. Like there's the true Patriot armor set and the ongoing directive set which i don't have complete sets of those at 500 yet but i don't know i've been having i'm still having fun with it although at this point i'm kind of running out of things to do other than like trying to do the raid which i'm not super interested in because i i already have max gear score i wouldn't get anything out of it besides like a really difficult experience plus i'd have to find like six other people to play with but um i did get to try out the new dlc that they added so they added like a couple, like literally two story missions and a expedition that, uh, that they called it to like Kenley College or whatever. And I'm going to be honest, like the two missions they added were not like that great. I mean, they were okay, but they weren't, uh, they didn't really progress the story at all much. And uh, I don't know, when they said that they were going to bring new areas to the game i thought they were gonna literally just add on to the existing map but these things are like single missions that you have to fly to from the helicopter at the at the main base and so they're not really connected to the map you can't just like go wander the the national zoo or whatever that's just a mission and uh, the expedition is a little bit different it's a little bit more freeform but the main thing i liked about it was that like 
you actually you remember the echoes that you see around the yeah. game so i always thought that they seemed kind of pointless because it's just like a still image of something that happened like a while ago and it doesn't really affect anything it's just supposed to be more like world flavor or whatever but in this you actually you go and you find an echo about like some something that like the bad guys are doing and you actually investigate the echo and do shit based off of what the echo tells you and i actually thought that was that was literally what i was hoping the echoes would be that like it's supposed to be your isaac system or whatever taking a bunch of like random user data and collating it into these like images and stuff like that to give you an idea of what happened in that area but it always seemed like there was no point to it now there is a point to it you actually it tells you what happened here why you are here and what you have to do next which i thought was actually really cool uh and then the other thing is i just i've been uh playing through more octopath uh i played like the apothecary's second uh, chapter at this point because i literally had only ever like picked him up and that was it and i don't know the story's not that interesting he's literally just like traveling from town to town trying to heal people and that's it there's no so far there's no like deeper story behind him other than like i just want to help people and that's about it well that's nice yeah no it's like it's really nice and i like his him as a character what a small guy. but his story is just kind of like eh so i don't know gotcha that's about it for now for now for all now. right so one piece of gaming news is that's stranding it was just the reveal at comic-con of Heartman. yeah which is james you said he was played by uh his Reed. face is like nicholas winding refin okay. who is a director that hideo kijima is a friend of and also, he was his connection to Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. That, like, because Mads Mikkelsen has and worked with... And he had also recommended Revan. Keanu Reeves for the role instead. Yeah. He was like, nah. That, that, which, yeah, that, that was just funny. It was like, oh, another possibility of Keanu Reeves and something yeah. else again now. Now he's on the, he's on the rise. <laughs> um, but the, the cool thing about Heartman was... All right, I'm making sure I got this correct. I could have it reversed. But basically, he's dead for three minutes. Yeah. And then, so he'll, he, he's alive for exactly 21 minutes. And in the 21 minutes, he basically usually watches something or listens to something. That for, lasts only like 20 minutes or yeah, something. Yeah, like so that. he's all these like 21 minute movies and TV shows or whatever. And it was just, I, I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is. He must really like anime because that, that would work. No, it's just the detail of this one character. Of what he that can do true. and what, and probably the choices because he's probably real stuff too that's like in the catalog of like stuff he probably watches because I know he talks to um do you remember what the character uh what um Norman Reedus's character's name is it's Sam right yeah Sam Porter yeah so he, he's telling Sam like oh I recommend he's like recommending some stuff to him too yeah. basically in what after those twenty one minutes he's dead he's like yeah, actually his heart like stops yeah his heart stops for three minutes and gives him. During those three minutes, he goes and he it was he searches for his family. Yeah, on the other side. Yeah, so he goes and does that, and then he comes back. Yeah, he has like a uh, heart, um, like a defibrillator set up to his heart to just shock him back to life every like after three minutes. Yeah, so uh, just that is just insane. I loved how the the scene ended that they showed where he's like. 
yeah, I'm sure it's really jarring for you seeing me die every like 20 minutes or whatever. But honestly, I'm kind of used to it at this point. And in reality, my time spent here is all just downtime. What I'm really living for are those three minutes where I'm on the Death Stranding. And he basically described himself as like, I'm already dead. And I yeah. was just like, that's interesting. Yeah, it was It was just... Hideo Kojima's a fucking genius. I don't understand anything he's talking about, but I know it's it's just genius. It's just I love his shit. <laughs> like, as, as convoluted as Metal Gear gets at times, I love every second of it. Yeah, he really... The, it's it's just the, I don't know, he just breaks he just breaks walls. He just uh-huh. he yeah. just is like, oh, let's try this. And it's like, dude, no one ever thinks of doing this. So it's crazy. Because, I, I don't know, it just... I just want to now know about, like, Die Hard Man. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, you're just going to... Oh, you just... Oh, my He's God. got, like, a weird mask on. He's also some fat dude. That's um, Troy Baker's Die character, Hard right? Man. Huh? Is that Troy Baker's character? I think... No, Troy Baker is... The demon guy with the gold mask. Okay, because you said mask. I wasn't sure if that was a different No, there's... no. Okay, so... Another one of the characters that they've shown off at the Bridges base so far... There's, like, Heartman, and then there's Die Hard Man. And he's literally just got, like, a black... He looks like he looks like he's wearing Black Mask's mask from DC. Yippee-ki-yay. Yeah. And also, his name is Die Hard Man, and I'm just like, what's that about? <laughs> that's... Yeah, so that's, that's really just the old the Death Stranding news, but it's just... That new character and just everything about him is just intriguingly interesting. Like, even though it's redundant, but it's just, I I don't even, I just, I can't, November is going to be fucking insane. I'll put everything down for this fucking game. I'm super excited for this game. I don't even care. Like, I have three months to fucking play (laughs) Metal Gear Solid 5. Like, I I was going to say, like, I don't even care if it doesn't have that great gameplay because like usually gameplay is what's more important to me. Well, not actually not really. I I really appreciate a good well-told story. So if that's all, all I get out of uh Death Stranding, that's good enough for me. Okay. And usually at least so far I can't think of a Kojima game that has disappointed me on like story. It's true. Yeah, no, I've I've been at least like I said I haven't played Metal Gear 5 yet, but so far everything I've been very pleased with. Alright, so next is what we've watched. I've got just four things. I'll go through them pretty quickly. First was the ending of Season 3 of Attack on Titan. Hmm. So I got through that season. I really liked it. I mean, honestly, like the sh- I mean, the show really pretty much stays on point with the manga from what I've read in the wikis and stuff. I never read the manga, but looking through it all, like even like some of the manga images, uh, it's, it's very much like almost shot for shot for certain things, which has been really cool. I read ahead in the wiki just because it certain breaks between seasons took so long like years that i was so just like you know i just want to know what happens i'm tired Mm -hmm. of waiting which i don't even think it's currently done yet so the manga's not finished it's on its final arc but basically um the ending of season three uh leaves only two arcs left which season four is going to do because season four is the last season and Mm -hmm. the current arc is the final arc for the manga so that arc and the arc before that which i believe is called the marley arc are going to be season four which i'm really excited for because reading a little bit of the marley stuff just sounds insane of just because like the difference of what once you find out what happens in attack on titan like that the whole hidden truth 
that they find out when it's like you go to Aaron's dad's cellar and stuff like without just do, having one less spoiler on the podcast like once you get there and you find out all that stuff you're like I can't wait to find out what's next because also like that Marley arc is gonna be that full like I have questions and then that arc is gonna be like well we have answers so it's gonna be really tight and then uh, after that I watched the I finished up the season of season three of Jessica Jones which was also the final Netflix Marvel show I really liked it honestly that was I almost feel like that was I think I liked it more than season two but I don't know if I liked it as much as season one I really liked um, the storyline, like, all the stuff between her and, um, what was uh, the guy's name? The super guy? I want to say Nick, but I don't know why. Maybe it was Nate. Something. I don't, I I don't remember. remember. It was basically this dude who could uh, read other people's, uh, I guess, he could he can tell. He could, like, sense if someone was a bad person. Yeah, he could, yeah, basically, yeah, he he yeah which really sucks for him because he gets sick when there's something really bad yeah, he gets him. like violently ill when yeah. someone is like like as in bleeding out of the eyes yeah so he's a really good uh guy to have around when you're trying to look for a bad guy yeah and then you have i i see what you said when you were talking about patsy mm-hmm. and you're just like oh my god there were parts where I, I started understanding what she was talking about and i was like okay that makes sense but then she would do something and i'm like oh my god god yeah. what's wrong with you oh, okay that like, makes sense how now. did you love how like many times she's like jess you don't have to look after me i'm fine and then she like almost dies yeah <laughs> and I'm, i'll stay from spoilers for this one too but it yeah just like uh, the, the ending you're like I, I did not disagree with the ending whatsoever i was kind of like yeah that needed to happen that just that really needed to <laughs> if that didn't happen i've been like uh someone should do something about that yeah uh but overall i honestly like that season uh, i would honestly i just recommend the entire netflix line of marvel shows just because they're a good time and if you just watch them all in order of release like it's just it's just fun especially now that they're over because mm-hmm. from what i've heard like most likely they're gonna come to hulu probably and then they're gonna continue on hulu maybe in different formats like we might get uh power man and iron fist so it'll be like luke cage and uh danny rand or and we'll probably get more standalone daredevil maybe get more defenders more punisher jessica jones and more other characters as well and spinoffs and more combos and everything but from what i've heard just because of the contract it's not going to be for like two years or something before production could even start legally i I believe or something like that which honestly is fine just because of now with disney plus and hulu being basically mature disney plus is the probably e to like uh pg to pg 13 at the most so you'll get like you'll have enough stuff to keep you busy i don't know you think they're gonna go like pg 13 or whatever with the mandalorian though because that's a show about like a literal bounty hunter like how uh, gonna... From what I heard, George Lucas talked to John Favreau and said the main audience is for kids. Oh, what? Yeah, so the whole thing with George Lucas is he always tells everyone it's about the main audience for all of these is always going to be kids. That is the main people we're trying to appeal to. Um, okay. Yeah, which explains Yippee in episode yeah, one. Yeah, it explains a which lot. Which we were kids, but now... Yeah, no, we, that's the funny thing. The only like... thing That's the only thing George Lucas gets wrong is he forgets that the kids grow up and then look back at it. Yeah, no, that, like... This is going to be sort of embarrassing, but literally, like, I remember seeing 
uh, Star Wars Episode One and actually loving Jar Jar Binks. Oh, when I was kid. Dude, I thought, yeah, no, th- I thought he was like so fucking funny. I I loved <laughs> all of it. I no not I don't I doubt there was any kid that hated any part of Episode One when they were a kid because we were like fucking like six or seven or eight or yeah. something. It wasn't until like we were like years, six. Yeah, it wasn't until like years later where people started saying like, oh no, the the first one, two, and three are fucking terrible. And I was like. What are you talking about? I loved them when I was a kid, and then I watched them again. And I was like, oh. You never, you don't get the real why. sensation of that until, remember when they only really, because they're going to do all six of them in 3D. Yeah. And they released only episode one in 3D in theaters. Yeah, and people were like, oh, yeah. I didn't realize how much I, because I started saying, I started shouting in the theater, and I got, people were clapping. Uh. And then I realized how much I could get away with, and I was like, damn, this movie does fucking blow. Like, I'll, I'll put it in perspective really fast, just because I realize we're going on about this, but, like, um, when Anakin and Qui-Gon get on the ship after Darth Maul first attacks them, and he's like, Anakin, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, he introduces him, and and he says, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi, I just shout out, I'm gonna cut your legs off, <laughs> and everyone starts laughing, and I was like, oh, cool, I did it. <laughs> and then, uh, at the end, at the funeral for Qui-Gon, when they're like, well, which one was dead, the Master or the Apprentice, when they killed Darth Maul? And then they go, and the camera pans to Palpatine. Yeah. I just shout, like, he's right there. It was like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this is so fun. <laughs> and also, like, when Jar Jar first comes on the screen, everyone starts clapping. Or, like, when Anakin's like, my person, my name's Anakin, it's like, wee, that's right, you tell her, you fucking dumb kid. <laughs> <sighs> like oh god that fucking movie anyway what were we talking about i already forgot all right we were t- yeah so yeah marvel netflix there was that uh next show i think i have two episodes left of it but the final season also season three of legion uh dude this show's oh my god so fucking good it's i gotta get crazy. back into that yeah it's, it's a good time and there's not many episodes like it's a very short series i think each season's eight episodes at the most and then, like, there's, like I said, this is the third and final season. I have two episodes left, so on episode 26, I'll probably talk about the uh, final, like, just my overall thought of the series and the season. But, dude, it's just, it, it's fucking crazy. And the best part of, about this show is each season is completely different. Like, the first season, it's, like, on the run. Second season, there's a big threat you're preparing for. Third season, I, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it because it's completely different where it's, like, it's just, it's not even the it feels like a different show than the first and second it, it, it just it's always interesting there's always something happening and there's n- not enough over like that's why i like fx a lot because they know how to do things in the limited run they just do like a, a short amount so there's zero filler and it's constantly interesting there's no hmm. boring in it like that the fx does a really a great job which i hope disney does not ruin that uh, then, like, like I said, uh, watch it if you haven't. I'll talk about the... I might do full spoilers after... Or maybe not, I forget, you're still watching it. So, I'll still... I'll, I'll talk about, like I said, final thing. Final thoughts on it later. And then I watched the first episode before it actually disappeared off Xfinity. Of What We Do in the Shadows. Hmm. So, What We Do in the Shadows is this... It's like The Office, but with vampires. Alright. <laughs> 
It's yeah. I knew it was a vampires thing, but I didn't know it was. There's like a camera a... crew that like interviews them, and then they're just they're, like you don't see the camera crew, but they're like talking to the camera, like oh so, yeah, like, you know we did this like three hundred years ago or whatever. Yeah. And dude, that show's fucking funny. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's really it's ridiculous because it's just it's just fucking vampires. <laughs> And they'll just turn into bats and fly away, or they'll fight. They'll be like fighting, but they're just floating in the air, being like, "Ah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid." Um, there's, there's a, I think I don't know if they're called daywalkers, but there's a different type of vampire that just goes out the in the day, and he's like an accountant. And he, the way he, what he does, he just sucks the energy out of everyone. Oh, so they just get vampire. tired and bored. What a psychic vampire? More like a like a suck you. You're, yeah no okay that's it's a specific it, i don't know when the this became a thing but someone came up with the idea of a psychic vampire who just psych he, he, they like absorb your like psychic energy and your emotions and shit oh uh, okay yeah that's sort of that but he, they don't invite him to anything <laughs> so he just kind of walks in they're like what do you want and he's like oh you know we're just doing uh whatever or something and like this uh, overlord vampire comes out, he, he comes over there, and they're like, I know, uh, the, I forget the female vampire is like, yeah, me and him don't tell my husband, but me and him had a thing, and he was just, you know, he just he's a very powerful man, blah 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 blah, and then it goes to the husband, and he's like, yo, don't tell my wife, but me and him had a thing, yeah. he's just a very powerful vampire, <laughs> and I'm just like, what the fuck, and uh, it, he gets there, and it's like, it looks like actual like creepy. Like, almost strain-like vampire, ancient, like, kind of no hair, just creepy, naked uh, vampire thing. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, uh, how how goes the conquest of this land? And they're like, uh, we, we, you know, we have, we're just still scouting around. They, they've basically just fucking been shooting the shit. They haven't done shit. And one of the vampires was like, oh, let's just get ready. Let's do, let's do a modern, because... Every, everything's modern now. Let's surprise him and make everything cool. So he puts glitter on his face and he's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, Twilight came out, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I look fucking... He, the vampire looks at him just kind of like he's crazy. And he's just like, oh, fuck, I gotta get this fucking glitter off my face. I look like an idiot. But uh, the vampire's like, what land are we in? And they're like, Staten Island. <laughs> and he's like, oh, uh, how did you get here? He's like, oh, the boat just dropped us off here. So we just kind of stuck around. He's like, very well, I'm going to go to sleep, but when I come back out, we will conquer this Staten Island. <laughs> it's just such... I, I think I finished the first episode. Yeah, no, I did. So I have to watch, like, the other ones, and, like, the, the vampires have their own familiars. So, like, there's just, like, this person that's kind of a servant for them. And the, the head vampire is this lady that just kind of stares at everyone and comes in through doors, so they have to, like, meet in secret so the lady's not there. She's just, like, always staring at them, like, hella creepily, and they're like, oh, the fuck? Like, she'll just be out of it. No- they'll look through a window, and she's, like, right there, and like, what the fuck? Ah, shit! <laughs> and it's, oh, God, it's, it, it, it I, I wish it didn't become unavailable, because I was like, no, I want to watch the other nine episodes now. It was really tight. But yeah, so that was, that's all the stuff I watched. Did you watch anything? Sorry, that was a little bit much. Uh... I didn't watch too much uh, since last we talked. Well, a few things. So, the new season of Queer Eye came out. That's, like, literally one of my favorite shows that Netflix does right now. Just because it's, like... Just making sure that's the one where the gay guys dress up the guy that's not gay, right? Um, 
basically. Although that's literally like, all I, I don't really honestly know anything. Well, the about original it. show like, used to be called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, and okay, that, that's why. And that was yeah. the the shtick was like they had a bunch of gay dudes dressing up like straight dudes because yeah. like gay dudes have better fashion sense or whatever the fuck. So, but now they're trying to be more like open and inclusive. So the people they work on can range from like straight white dudes to like trans black ladies and shit like that oh no she wasn't trans there's a there was one episode that was particularly great last season uh that was a a black lesbian lady and like her whole deal was like she's been told her whole life that like she doesn't act black enough and then when she tries to act more black she's like uh, people are like you don't act white enough or whatever and she's so she's basically just like i don't know where i fit in society and they basically like kind of helped her mentally figure out like who she is and stuff like that it was a really really great episode that was that was last season uh this last season i don't know my only complaint really is that each season's only eight episodes and i could literally you just want more (laughs) i could literally just watch like 20 episodes in in, in, like a binge no problem because it's like it's such an overwhelmingly positive episode and it like really motivates you to just like make little decisions to help yourself throughout like the day or whatever so would you say the kind of like the biggest takeaway from the show is it's a it's a very feel-good show exactly it's a very feel-good show and it it they do a really good job of basically showing you that like it's not selfish to take care of yourself and you know it, it doesn't take too much effort to like, if you just like take a few minutes in the morning to make yourself look nice, you'll actually feel better throughout the day Okay, and, and shit like that. And so like, and the things that they do are like subtle changes to people. So it's not even like some crazy ass thing where like, you're never going to maintain this lifestyle. It's all shit. that's just like, we just want to teach you how to live a healthy lifestyle. And so it's really, really a good, uh, an uplifting show for sure. Like, the first episode this season was uh, Jonathan, uh, one of the guys, they went back to his old high school and, like, uh, gave a makeover to his, like, old music teacher, which, like, literally, like, the entire school loves because she's, like, the person who advocates for, like, music is important because it's part of, like, who we are as people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, that was a really touching episode. I also, like, there, there was another episode of a guy oh god i can't remember where he's from but it, it was a uh, a disabled uh, paraplegic oh uh, it, it was like some uh, some black guy who got like shot like literally like five times in, in like the back or whatever or s- stomach and got paralyzed and he said like what was so interesting about his story was that after he got shot and paralyzed he became a better person because he literally said he... He just put he, everything into perspective, really. Yeah, well, it was like he knew he had been living his life as, like, trying to be a gangster or trying to be a thug. And, like, because that's just how the neighborhood was. Yeah. Like, literally, everyone was like that it's where he was from. There. Yeah, and, like, he... So, he said he was surprised he even got to his 21st birthday. Because he literally thought he would he would die in the streets. And when he got to his 21st birthday, he celebrated like crazy. Because he's like, well, at least I got this far. And, when, and he said, like, when he thought he was, like, dying w- after he got shot, he was, like, his, literally, one of his thoughts was just, like, well, at least I got to 23, at least I got this far, or whatever. And I was, like, shit, that's, there are places in America where it's that fucking bad. Did they say what, like, city or state? They, they did. I can't remember uh, where. But, I mean, like, he literally, 
he's a bodybuilder. Like he's now or he, before now. Okay. Like he he's like upper. Oh, because after that damage, I'm sure like that made him think yeah. like that. It, like it he probably gave him a sense of powerlessness. In terms there was that, but also like literally, he said he was in like a really bad place for a long time. He gained like a shit ton of weight because oh, he literally couldn't okay. move or anything. And like his his mom basically had to take care of him like for a long time. And he one day was just like, you know, I can't just live like this for the rest of my life. Like I got, I should do something positive. Was he still living in that neighborhood? I think he moved. Okay. But like literally one of the most powerful parts of the episode was, um, uh, Karamo. One of the, he's like their culture guy of the, they're, they're called the fab five and they all have like a different specialty. Uh, Jonathan is the hair guy. Oh, so that's his superpower. Yeah. So like, Karamo is the guy who teaches people about like culture Gotcha. And stuff like that and gets them in touch with their roots and stuff like that and apparently this like the guy that shot him he knew him but he like or he knew him from the neighborhood but he was like i never had any personal beef with this guy i don't even understand why he like that was the one thing that i never got was i never got an answer for why he shot me so they actually set up a meeting and they talked and i thought it was gonna go like fucking terrible but they were, like, actually really nice to each other. And, like, the guy who shot him was like, I mean, I don't want to make any excuses or anything. I can only give you my perspective of what was going through my head at that time. And literally all it came down to was that the guy who shot him saw that the guy who got shot had a gun in his, like, pants or whatever. And was just like, well, shit, he's coming at me. I see he has a gun. I better act first. Or else I'm gonna be the one that gets shot. This is all a big misunderstanding. It, it really, really was. Oh and and the funny thing was like, for me, I would have been like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You shot me for like literally no reason." But for the other and, guy, and growing up in the area, was probably like, "Oh, okay." He literally was like, "You know, I'm not gonna say that that was a good idea, but I understand where you're coming from because that is like literally everyone back in the neighborhood was strapped." So basically, at the end, they basically shook hands. They did. They literally shook hands I'm and walked away. Not, honestly, that's not surprising. Then. And I was like, "Why, fucking like?" That's why I love uh, Queer Eye because it it has crazy emotional moments like that where you're just like, "Damn, if this dude can get shot in the back like five fucking times." get paralyzed and turn his entire life around and now he like does charity work and he's a literal bodybuilder like for i mean uh, obviously he doesn't he usually goes into um like special bodybuilding competitions for people who are like paralyzed and stuff like that uh but still he's like fucking jacked so do they still just because now i'm can do they still dress him up or is, oh, they that, did. is that still the main premise of the show? No, it's it's more it's less. Let's just give this person a makeover and like more internally or externally. It's more an internal makeover okay. of like working on someone's like I'm, profound I'm issues and helping them work through it. I mean, like uh, the the last episode of the season was a farmer that like <laughs> literally his wife like just left him one day. Like, the, they said at the beginning of the episode that he, uh, his divorce had been finalized, like, a week before they got to his place. And apparently he, his wife, just, like, one day a year ago, just straight up while he was out of town for business, for, like, work, she just, like, packed up the kids and left. 
And that was like literally. Wait, oh, they. Oh. According shit. to according to the guy they were working on, that was literally the first time he was he had any warning that there was something wrong with the marriage. And it's just like it's and like the way they worked through that guy's like emotional hangups of like, well, how could I not see that coming? Like, who would do that? And like the feeling of absolute like of being alone when you get home and like literally everyone's gone. And you don't even know why. It was how old like, were the kids? Yeah, exactly. Even the kids. She no, I said the kids. how old were the kids? Oh, I don't know. Did they, did they ever address like him finding the kids or anything? Like, is he actually not able to? I don't think he has custody or anything. Oh shit. Yeah, it, and it's like, so I don't know. I I don't want to give you a recap of like literally. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I realized. Yeah, so we're we're over an hour now. We've been gone like the Comic Con news. <laughs> I guess I guess long story short, oh, shit, I really like Queer Eye because it's just such a positive, uplifting show. It's it's really fun to watch. I like it. Okay. Um. So at some point, Hulu got like the last season of Venture Bros on there. Oh yeah. I started watching it, dude. That shit was so fucking Isn't funny. It good. It's so good. <laughs> Like, the, the trilogy of the three episodes in the beginning of the season, where it's like, you find out that Dr. Venture never really died, he became part of Gargantua oh, the 1. the fucking, the fucking, uh... The problem like... light was actually, like, the problem, and it was, like, just a thing keeping him alive. And then you have, like, the other dude that's, like, a robot. Yeah. That was the yeah. villain. And, the, the, and it turns out he wasn't a villain, he was um, fucking brain dead. Yeah, it's, like, the, the villain that's, like, literally been in the series, like off and on like the entire time like you, you see him during like a bunch of wasn't uh, the villain the original B- blue morpho right he was that was the thing yeah like, <laughs> he's so good. like he had been in the show for so many times just as ven data and it's like you find out that oh he used to be called like venturian yeah and he used to be the original blue morpho who was the monarch's dad and like, oh god! And it didn't it turn out that he that he wasn't actually the monarch. Yeah, fan? no. Rest like Doctor Venture. Like yeah, the, the season finale they find out that they're brothers. Yeah, like like yeah, the the monarch like refuses to kill him for like whatever reason, and he's like, "You passed the test. You're a level ten villain now. By the way, your brothers." He's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> So yeah, like Venture Bros is just like super fucking funny. Oh god, I fucking I I, I love that show. So I before the next season, I feel like I want to watch the entire series again. I, I haven't done that in a long time, but just the, my absolute favorite thing of Venture Brothers. Do you remember when they did their version of the Fantastic Four? Yes. I love the Flaming Man. He's just like he's just, so, <gasps> he's just like on he's fire just all the time, and you can feel all the pain of being yeah. on fire. It's like it's so weird because it it doesn't seem to actually cause him damage, but he feels like he is on fire all the time. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, like the thing is just like the uh, human callus. Uh, uh, <laughs> no life. <laughs> uh, I love when they like it's so good. like later on when they join up with like. Dr. Venture Jr. or Jonas Venture Jr. He like Oh he takes the family. He makes like a Voltron thing and Ned's thing is just like a clown head. <laughs> like instead of having another arm, it's just like a clown piece. It's so uh and then um so the last thing I watched uh like at least for this episode was I finished the last season of Shield or Agents of Shield. I don't I don't think I like the show anymore. Like, I've been liking it so far, but, like, literally there were so many moments in this last season where I was just like, 
What? Wait, which which show? Which show? A- Agents of Shield. Oh gosh, I, I mean, I stopped. Like I said, I watched. I stopped watching when uh, uh, Hive got infected with or Ward got Hive. Oh really? Yeah, that's that was I a while ago. Yeah. So I got bored. Hmm. I've at least liked the show up until now, but like literally this last season, I think the. Pro- I guess I think the problem is that they tried, I think, to make something entirely new for this season that's, like, not in the comics or anything, and it was just, like, fucking nonsense. It made no goddamn sense. So, like, I guess I don't think you give a shit about spoilers. No. So, like, Coulson died at the end of the last season. They had this thing where it's, like... Again? Well, it's, like, yes. So... In the season where the Ghost Rider showed up, there was a there was a part where he got the Spirit of Vengeance for like a little bit to try to get the drop on someone who like didn't think he would be the Ghost Rider, uh, and so they basically said that like whatever the the Ghost Rider like the Spirit did to him when he was like combined, it like undid whatever project he did to fix him so he was just like slowly decaying and dying because he was just like reverting back to what he should have been i guess i don't know so like he died after the last season he kind of just like went off to somewhere with may and just like lived out his like last week until he just like passed away uh and so this last this new season there was another character that showed up out of nowhere who literally looked exactly like Coulson. Is it the same actor? It was the same actor. And it was basically a long story short, they had to figure out some reason to keep the actor in the show without having, like, some explanation for why Coulson himself is not dead. Like, uh, so, like, do you remember earlier in the show, they ha- they found those, like, weird monolith things? Like, one of them was the thing that kept turning to liquid, and that was how Gemma got, like, teleported to that blue planet where they found Hive? Yeah. Okay, so there were, like, a couple other te- uh, um, uh, monoliths. One which had power over time, and the third one they couldn't figure out until this season. Turned out it had the power of creation, so the three together were space, time, and creation. And somehow, like, in the last season, there was an episode where, like, when they destroyed the monoliths, it just, like, somehow there was, like, a residual energy left over that was just making random nightmare dimension things that and they had to fight. It, it made a new Coulson. Yes, that was their explanation, was somehow the energy from these three monoliths read everyone's mind about like being so like i guess grieving over the loss of colson that this energy literally made another colson and then just transported it through space and time to some other planet somewhere and then somehow the planet that that body got sent to was like a planet full of like basically energy beings like the ghost rider so it, 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 I don't want to get too into it because it's like it's way too fucking complicated and stupid that it makes no fucking sense. But basically, they had to have some reason why there's another Coulson that they can have. And then that one turned out to turn evil 
and then they had to kill it. So then they literally just like at the end, the last thing of the season was like, by the way, we made a life model decoy that looks just like Coulson and we uploaded his brain scan that we had from a previous season and now it's just Coulson again. And I'm like, you could have just left him dead. Wait, so that's the third Coulson. So now there's a third Coulson. This one's just like a fucking literally, literally a robot copy of him. And I was just like, you didn't need to do that. It, it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's Did, not um, Agents Samuel of Coulson. Did Samuel Jackson or Coley Smulders make appearances in Maria Hill or Samuel, uh, nope. Nick Fury at all? Nope. In fact, uh, one thing that I was concerned about was I was like, okay, so one of the few things that's been interesting about the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been that it actually ties into the other movies. But, like, literally last... At a certain e- point, it stops, right? Huh? At a certain point, they stop doing that, I assume? No, they kept doing, like, a little thing every season. Uh, did they get to Avengers Infinity War? That's where they stopped really bothering, because literally, in the last season, there was, like, one line about the shit happening in uh, Infinity War, where, like, literally someone was like, hey, if you check the news, you see what's happening in New York? That's crazy, right? Anyway, back to the mission. And it was literally just supposed to be, like the scene i guess they were referencing the scene where the circular ship shows up yeah. in new york and yeah the flying donuts yeah and like i was like wait that's it you're you're not gonna have like half the cast gets they get dusted or anything you're gonna not even acknowledge the dusting at all it's just like oh sh- crazy shit's happening in new york right and then uh they didn't so <sighs> is that the final season two that's this happening I don't know. I think it might be. No, they they definitely. Did they do a time jump? They did actually. Oh, that so was they, the... they they do post. So they they do the full time jump between Infinity War and Endgame. No, here that's how they ended the season. Actually, here like the entire season takes place chronologically, like that this like right where it left off last season or whatever. So technically, Endgame is like five years in the future. So I was like, wait. How are they going to have this tie into Endgame at all? Because it's literally, like, not even at the same time. What and time then, is it right then? So is it still five years behind? It's still five years behind up until, like, literally, like, the last couple minutes of the episode where they were like, uh, we did some time shit, and by the way, more shit, more time has passed for, like, Gemma and Fitz than anyone else because they, like, had to do some other shit. They're literally, like... Basically, they had to go off and do some other crazy shit that was unrelated to the monoliths or anything. And now it's more time has passed for them. And they literally came back in time to save everyone. And that's how everyone's fine. But now they had to bring everyone back to the future. So now I'm guessing literally that's they just they put in a time jump at the end of the season so that the next season can take place, I guess, at the same time that Endgame na- or the rest of the is series Is there still is. another season coming? I can only guess. I mean, they left off with a cliffhanger, so, like, I guess they're planning on it, but I really so, don't... you're not really making me want to go back and watch the rest nah, of No, like, literally, up in... This last season is the only season that I have actually, like, not liked. Oh, okay. Like, all the others are at least entertaining, and I really liked the, the season with the Ghost Rider. I thought that was a really good one. Is but that season four? Was that that far ago? I think so. Oh, man. But yeah, it's just... I don't know. The whole... The main villain for the series season was called, like, The Shrike. 
and it was these weird like bat things that would like literally fly right. into your mouth and possess you yeah, yeah, yeah it's fucking weird and stupid okay like i've, I've already talked about it way yeah, way we're, too we're long an hour and 15 in now jesus all right now yeah. we can is that it or you got more that's it for now basically long story short like for agents <laughs> agents of shield anyway it was like this last season was kind of just a huge disappointment <laughs> gotcha okay for me so anyway. all right we've got all of the news for comic-con uh, it's everything from trailers to announcements, you know, stuff like that. I feel like for at least the trailers, we could just say quick, like, how do you feel about it? Feel good? Feel bad? Are you looking yeah. forward to it? Whatever. All right. So we're going to start first off with the trailer for The Witcher TV series coming to Netflix. I'm interested. Yeah. I think they're doing a good job of making it look pretty realistic, except his, like, Witcher medallion doesn't look right. But whatever. Honestly, like... They got me pretty hard with, like, he's definitely doing, like, magic signs throughout the, the trailer. And then there's also, like, the last shot when, like, something's rising out of the, the bog or whatever. Oh, yeah. And his eyes are all, like, fucked up. I was like, he's definitely on some potions and tonics and shit. So he's, like, they really seem to be leaning into, like, honoring at least the game. Probably the books more. Most likely the books. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked it myself, especially, like... I mean, I'm a, I'm a Henry Hamill fan, so I'm like, this is this looks really good to me. I'm excited for it. Um, I know some people had some negative things to say about it, but I can't honestly remember what they were. But yeah, honestly, for me myself, I I just I'm 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 gonna watch this probably within the first week it comes out. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, next up, there was a small feature for Terminator Dark Fate where they just showed more of like Sarah Connor. They, I don't think they revealed it already. Like, I think it was already known, but, like, they show Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, so he's the T-800. Yeah. We already knew he was going to be in it. Yeah. And, like, it still sounds like there's bad beef between them, because apparently uh, at one point she says, when this is all over, I'm going to take care of you as well. So, like, huh. Sarah Connor wants to kill his Arnold Schwarzenegger again, I Weird. guess. And he's like, oh, I understand. <laughs> he straight up just goes, that's understandable. Uh, uh, other news that came later, but I'm attaching it now, is Edward Furlong, who played John Connor in Terminator 2 Judgment Day, is going to be in this movie as John Connor. That's going to be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So, sorry, something like dropped one floor above us. Um, I thought that was really cool, just because, did you watch Terminator Genesis, the last movie? I think so. And uh, Amelia Clark in it. God, I'm pretty sure I watched it, but I don't remember most of that fucking movie. That's not. That's not. I mean, that's you're actually lucky then. I just remember when John Connor shows up at some point as like a nanobot Terminator. I was like, why? Yeah, they basically <laughs> cool, take the main. They, they take the main hero that's supposed to be the entire series revolving around, and just made him the bad guy. It was really stupid. They made like, him like just not even like oh Skynet took over his body and he's literally skynet he's like no he's just a terminator skynet is matt smith <laughs> yeah it, it was just it, it was just some, it was really fucking dumb yeah it didn't make any sense so like the whole thing with dark fate it erases terminator 3 4 and 5 which is genesis and it's supposed to be like Good. a direct sequel to judgment day which is gonna be really awesome and the fact that they have edward furlong just you know it just enforces that full like direct connection to yeah. terminator 2 which is awesome like i didn't I wasn't super impressed by the first trailer just because I thought that the new Terminator they showed off was weird. That it's like uh, both an endoskeleton and liquid metal. 
and but it could also separate into two full terminators i don't know i thought it, it looked really cool but made not much sense but i don't know uh i'm gonna say i'm more of a fan of terminator than i'm not a fan of terminator so I'm still excited for like an, another one. I'm hoping it's going to be good. I like the reason I think this one's going to be good is this one actually has James Cameron, executive producing it. Yeah, I mean he's the not directing, but at least he's like. No, he he's involved. Like the whole thing is like the movies. He's he's more involved now that Avatar, I guess, is more winding down now at this point. Like with the filming and everything. So like he had a hand in this, and he had a hand in the movie Elite Battle Angel. And so like he, there's more creative stuff that he's doing personally, but also the director for this is the director that did the first Deadpool movie. Ooh. So, yeah, that's why I'm very excited for this. Not just because everyone behind it is, it's very, it's very much experienced and it's people that have worked on the previous ones that are the good ones. So I'm ex- it, it just, it, it's got good stuff behind it that enforces me being excited for it. Next up, Westworld season three trailer. It basically showed pretty much everything outside of the Westworld. More like in, the real world where you had uh uh what's his face from breaking bad in there and then um what's it, uh Jess, jesse's oh aaron paul aaron paul is in there and then they have all the they have um i just forget her name what's the main character's name in westworld um dorothy not dorothy no wait holy shit what the dolores fuck? dolores yeah uh, Dolores is doing some crazy stuff. You have um, Tessa Thompson's character also doing something, which you don't even, we don't know still who she is, who the the robot is that is taking her appearance, as well as um, you of course have uh, Bernard's character back in Westworld, I believe, or something. He, he looks like he's like a farmer now or something. I don't know. It looked very interesting. Uh, I'm just excited because I think half of it's going to be outside in the real world. The other half is still going to be maybe not necessarily in Westworld, but they're going to, sh- they showed, um, a world war two world Ooh. that I thought was really cool. Cause that's where, um, damn it. I forgot the other character's name. What's, what's her face? The other main leading actress, the, the one who is the madam from the, yes. she's in the world war two world. Okay. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, so we're going to see a new park, basically. So that should be interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I've liked Westworld so far. Uh, the second season was a little bit more jumbled just because it, it didn't really... They didn't do a good job telling you what was what time. So mm. you're just kind of guessing everything. It's not like where it was Memento where you're going backwards. Well, this to be just fair, like... that's how the first season was, too. They intentionally told it out of order so that it would confuse you as to where like when dolores was that's true but the difference with that one is you find out that man in black and teddy are the same not yeah. Teddy, um but man like you find out that the two characters are the same person yeah. which, which is really my cool. mind whereas this one is just really the time jump is like a few days or something oh oh man. didn't you see season okay. two not yet Oh, the, oh yeah. So there's a time jump, and it's just confusing because you're like, did that just happen now? And then it happened like in a week. Like you, do, it, that's why it's confusing. It doesn't I do anything like that where it's a decades difference of time. It's just okay. like, it's weird like that. There is a time jump in term of uh, they show stuff with the man in black when he's younger again, but you know what time it is then. You know like, right. oh, this is a past sequence, whereas the other one's like, what the fuck is this? When is this happening? 
All right. Uh, next up is a trailer for the new TV show Snor- Snowpiercer, which is based on the, I believe, I guess the novel that the movie was also based on that starred Chris Evans. And it's basically a j- post-apocalypse, the world frozen over. I really like that movie. The only uh, population of people left is on a high-speed train that if it stops, basically everyone dies. So, But there's a whole world on the train. There's like poor people in the back, rich people all in the front, and they're like having raves and parties. Poor people are eating like fucking bugs and shit. Yeah. Uh, sometimes each other. Is, and basically the whole premise is like, they do an uprising, and the poor people are basically trying to get to the... It's their journey to the front of the train. Yeah. And uh, the movie itself was really cool. I personally only had to watch it once. I was like, I never... I, I didn't want to watch it again, but, like, it was a good movie. Like, it... Like, I was really enjoying the movie, and, and like, there's a scene towards the end where, like, right... Like, at the end... I, I think it was, like, right before Chris Evans gets to the actual engine room there's like a locked door that he's just like shit we can't get past this like what was all this for uh and he like breaks down he's talking about like his like the worst times of his life and i was just like shit dude this dude should have an oscar for this (laughs) because it's like it's so heartbreaking like it was really good yeah really was and then uh uh, some more specific news at comic-con or more above comic-con so someone bought oh. a flying advertisement on a plane. So, you know, a, 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 a small plane will go by and there's a banner on it that says, like, whatever, buy toothpaste, who cares? This one said, I think, Justice for Snyder, or it, the main thing it said was release the Snyder Cut for Justice League. So someone actually bought that because there's this whole thing going on that Snyder basically said there's, like, a cut that's, like, his movie that isn't uh, poisoned by Joss Whedon. Right. That's right, poisoned by Joss Whedon. You heard it here. Um, I personally really would love that cut because I really want to see the differences. Because you could, once you really look at it, you could see the differences between the stuff that Scott Snyder puts in and the stuff that Joss Whedon puts in. Because if it's a stupid quip or something ridiculous, or you're just kind of like, what the fuck is this? It's probably Joss Whedon's. I'm not even joking. Like, it's just some weird shit. And I, I, yeah, just give me the, give me the fucking cut. I was just very. I can't believe someone actually paid to have that banner up there, which is awesome. But yeah, just give me give me that fucking cut, dude. Next up, Watchmen trailer. I'm interested. I'm very I, interested. I really want to see this. There's new characters. You have some of the old characters. They showed Silk Spectre. Uh, you have Osman Dias. Uh, you have. They even teased Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, I love. There's like one quick shot of like clearly they're watching him on Mars to see to see if he does anything. And he's definitely doing something there. Yeah, and he appears back on Earth. Does he? Yeah, it shows a blue, like, glowing hand picking up one of the Dr. Manhattan masks. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, and then there's, like, a whole thing of Rorschach people and everything else. Like, it, yeah. it looks really interesting, and it's coming... I forget, what's coming first, Westworld or Watchmen? Because uh, uh, each I, I one's basically know. dominating a quarter now that it's, like, the post-Game of Thrones HBO. Until the long night comes. Anyway, yeah, so that's going to be really exciting. Uh, I know one is basically coming soon, within like the fall, because I'm pretty sure both come in 2019. I could be wrong, but I'm like I think one's like later on the like late fall and one's early fall, so they don't they'll never intersect with each other, just because like these are the two like big HBO flagship shows that are coming. All right, um, all right, here we go. We're gonna get to the um, the big stuff here. So, for certain things like um, the MCU Phase 4 stuff, 
it was so much that I couldn't take the notes for it. Uh, I'm actually, for everything relating to the MCU, I'm basically going to be referring to multiple different articles from the site IGN, just because it's a lot more organized there, and it's just a lot easier to just kind of put everything in perspective for it, because it's just it's just so much stuff. It's, it's ridiculous. Okay. So, Marvel announced their Phase 4, and the Phase 4 spans about two years. The difference between Phase 4 and the other phases, though, is Phase 4 is a mix of movies and then Disney Infinity shows. Yeah. So, let me see if I can pull up the timeline. Uh, one second here. Alright. So, I believe starting off Phase 4 is the Black Widow movie. Hmm. So, May 1st, 2020 is going to be the Black Widow film, and then November 6th, 2020 will be the Eternals film. Then after that, Fall 2020 will be the first for Disney+, Plus, which will be the Falcon and the Winter Soldier miniseries, and then we will get in uh, February 21st, 2021, the Shang-Chi movie, uh, it's called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I, I only know of the one ring, and then, of course, mm. the seven rings, the three rings, and the nine rings gifted to the men, elves, and dwarves, so I don't know what the fuck these ten rings are. Uh, Wait, next up seriously? We have... What? Seriously? Dude, I don't know shit about Shang-Chi. Uh, well, I don't know much about Shang-Chi, but, like, the ten rings are the Mandarin's rings. I don't know shit about the Mandarin, I just know some... Oh, okay. Yeah. Well... Dude, I, James, remember, for Marvel, for Marvel Comics, I ignored anything that was relating to the Avengers. Anything that was Iron Man, Captain America, they, none of them were interesting. I've never been interested in those characters. The movies are the first time they've been remotely appealing to me. Because, uh-huh. like, in the past, it was, like, that shitty Iron Man TV show that was a cartoon. It was yeah. it's just Iron Man having heart attacks all the time. I was like, oh, yeah. fucking, the show sucks, dude. Um, I only cared about X-Men and certain street characters like Daredevil and Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Like, that's all I've ever until these movies came out like in 2007 like none of this stuff was ever appealing uh, well, basically the mandarin is like a dude who is like even without the rings he is like an insane martial artist who can literally fight iron man with his bare fists apparently but ben he, kingsley did a great job as him that that was a hilarious like psych yeah but, but basically from what i heard right shing chi is going to have the mandarin in it probably which would be nuts yeah and like so basically oh wait, no yeah it says uh starring simu liu as shing chi and uh, god why is aquafina and everything now jeez all right mm-hmm. i just really fast guys i just I, I don't like aquafina not as a person i just don't like her voice i can't i can't deal with the guys i just mm. can't all right yeah all anyway right. uh <laughs> anyway basically Tony leong will be playing yeah. the real mandarin Oh, okay. So he's casted in it. So the Mandarin will be in it. Yeah. So basically the Ten Rings are, like, each one has a specific power, and they're all, like, fucking broken. Like, literally, he, basically with all his rings, has essentially power over, like, light, darkness, like, earthquakes, uh, like, lightning. Like, he basically controls all the elements, plus a couple more. It's, like, there should be no way that Iron Man alone should be able to fight him, but he does constantly. I don't know how. Okay. At this point, they've kind of retconned his rings to be like, they're actually ancient alien technology that we just don't understand. They just seem like magic. And, yeah. Okay. And I'm just saying the, the order of these, and then we'll go more in depth into each one. Okay. But next up is WandaVision from uh, Disney+. Plus. That'll be spring 2021. 
followed by the Loki TV show, which will also be spring 2021. And then uh, in May 20, not May 7th, 2021 will be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, everyone but me is more excited about that. And then ending with uh, the What If series. It'll be an animated series that's still tied into the MCU. And that's going to be summer 2021. And then, uh, let's see, is that actually? No, no, there's two more. Uh, fall 2021 will be the Hawkeye TV show. Or, or not TV show, but fall, uh, Disney Plus show. And then ending with the November 5th, 2021 release of Thor, Love, and Thunder. And then we'll talk about Phase 5 afterwards. But for now, we'll go in depth on these guys. All right. So let's start off. Let me find the article for Black Widow. Just give me like two seconds. Uh, let's see. All right, here we go. So yeah, Black Widow is the first one. Uh, it's basically a. It's taking place, if I remember correctly, between Avengers: Infinity War and Avengers: Endgame. So it's, I believe, in that. Oh no 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 no! I got that wrong completely. Sorry. It takes place between um. Of Captain America: Civil War and Avengers: Infinity War. So it's while she's on the run when they're all. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that could be so, cool. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um. Almost positive that is the timeline. So yeah, it's when it's when Captain America and his Avengers team basically go dark, and they're just like a shadow. They're a shadow group. So this is going to be more. It sounds like espionage. If I would say, if you liked any of the movies before, this will probably be more in in, um, in line with Captain America: Winter Soldier than anything. Uh, just because it's going to go back to that kind of stuff. Because uh, directing it will be Kate Shortland. And, of course, Scarlett Johansson is starring as Black Widow. The cast includes David Harbour uh, as Alexi, who is... Um, actually, there's... Hang on one uh, second. From what I understand, Alexi is basically like... He's Russian, Russian Iron, Iron, Man. Iron Man. Yes. Not the Crimson Dynamo. That's different. <laughs> yeah, That's different, guys. Hang on, let me see if I could find it. Oh, man, I had it before. There's another article for it specifically... But it seems that I have, unfortunately, lost it. Uh, but yeah, so it's going to be interesting because I believe they were married. Oh, wait, here it is. I think this is it. Yeah, Red Guardian is what he's called. That's the name of David Harbour's character. Right. Uh, and he have a history. So she's Russian opera in a sense. So they have some history together themselves. Uh, there's dynamic... I think in the comics they were married at one point. Uh, wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, and then um, you have. Uh, let's see. Let me find it again. Sorry about that. Oh yeah, Florence Pugh will be a another Black Widow operative from her class, I believe. So. She'll be most likely, an, an, I'm assuming, an antagonist agent. That'd be I, interesting. I thought I heard rumors that she would be called a Red Widow. I could be wrong, but I'm not sure. Uh, and then, if this is a interest, her character's name is Yelena. And then Rachel Wyaz is cast as Melina. So Melina is apparently a previous class of Black Widow. 
Okay. So she could be maybe a villain behind the operation of it all, or she could be like, I was like you once uh, when I was young, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but she was basically like a different era that was pre, like, basically, I guess, the generation before Scarlett Johansson's generation. And then the last character is O.T. Fagbenol as Mason, who apparently is a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that also has a romantic interest in the comics as well with Black Widow. But I think we'll have it in the show, in the movie. I could be wrong. But yeah, so this is... Uh, it sounds like, yeah, it's going to be very espionage-heavy, and it's Black Widow dealing with her past that'll be basically from the full Black Widow program and everything else like that. Uh, not really too much else for that. I'm going to say since this is the first one coming, and this is going to come in May of next year, we're probably going to see the trailer for it probably at uh, Rise of Skywalker, most likely. Because usually the Marvel and Star Wars movies will piggyback off each other for trailers for the big ones, and since that's the the biggest like slot in the winter, that's probably where we're going to see the first trailer. That makes sense. All right. Uh, next up was I believe was the second one was Shang Chi, right? Yeah. All right. You find it really okay. So Shang Chi movie, yeah, February twelfth, twenty. Nope, that is the wrong one. Hang on one second. I already forgot which. Oh no, it was the Eternals. That was the that was what it was. Okay. So yeah, that'll be in the fall. Uh, I guess they're going back to, remember how for a bit they were doing like three movies in a year? So they're dialing it back down to two. And this one will be, uh, oh, full of Jack Kirby, Feige told the cheering crowd. Uh, I guess like the, he had a really big hand in the Eternals. I don't really know anything about them, except they're like basically big celestial beings that are very powerful. Uh, the cast is Richard Madden as Icarus, Kum- Kumal Nanji- Na- Nanjiani, as Kingo, Lauren Ridloff as Makari, Bi- Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos, Selma Hayek as Ajak. I mean, I'm just, it's interesting because I never thought of having Selma Hayek in the MCU. That should be pretty cool. Uh, Leah McHugh as Sprite, Don Lee as Gilgamesh, and Angelina Jolie as Thena. Just having Richard Madden and Selma Hayek and Angelina Jolie in there is going to be cr- pretty cool. Um, I know nothing of these characters, I will say. Uh, Lauren Rudolph's yeah, Makari yeah. will be the first deaf MCU character. Uh, the, okay, and then... Um, the uh, Richard Madden gives a brief synopsis. The Eternals are a race of immortal aliens sent here by the Celestials to protect us from the Deviants. So we will learn more about the Deviants later. Most likely they will be basically probably of the same power level. But evil, I'm assuming. So yeah, I don't really know much about the Eternals, so I'm going to be honest. Yeah, so it's a, it's not really going to be a replacement for the Avengers movies, but basically it's a giant team movie that I would say, if you want to compare it to anything, just think of it in between Guardians and Avengers. Really. Uh, that's what I was going to say, is it feels like they're trying to do another Guardians type thing where they're just like, here's another team. Yeah. Um, so we got that. And then next up is our first Disney Plus one, is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, this one, of course, we'll have, it'll be post-Endgame, so this is probably Falcon dealing with the burden of the shield. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be referring to himself in that show as Falcon or as Captain America, or like Cap Falcon or something, because in the, in the comics, like, when he does become Captain America, it's like kind of like a mix of... 
Yeah, it's, well, he still had the the wingsuit and everything, but he paints it took basically on like the stars and stripes, and, and then has the shield. Yeah. yeah, but I think he just called himself Captain America. Yeah, no, he did yeah. when he became uh, that. Like, oh, I I constantly made the joke about like, oh, it's Captain Falcon. <laughs> Let's see. I believe the villain in this will be uh, Helmet Zemo. Or Baron oh Zemo, yeah, they did from show Civil off, like, War. A brief second of him with like the mask and everything. Yeah, so it's gonna be more that area. So I don't know because Zemo was one of the Hydra people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, he didn't really have any affiliation with them in the MCU so far. But it sing- was like he was the son of one of the people who worked for Hydra. That like, oh no. No, it's just he lost his family. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's just the dude that wanted revenge. Well, how did he have access? How did he know about the? He was a spec ops soldier. Oh, that was it. He was like a yeah, he was like a spec ops soldier. Basically, utilized his skills and started like um, just finding out shit. Oh, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. So basically, I would see it then as him possibly filling a void of the power vacuum for Hydra. If there's anyone left, I'm not really sure because. I, they deal with the end of Hydra really in Age of Ultron, but also I know I'm sure there's more of Hydra and Shield. I don't, yeah, that's why I don't know. They're kind of like forgotten about that at this point. <clears throat> so they could reutilize it with this. Who knows? Because there, like there were like at least a couple seasons where they were dealing with Hydra problems and stuff like that. But at this point, they're kind of like done with that. Yeah, but with these characters who are a lot more grounded than the other like kind of Hulk, Iron Man, Thor. Uh, this could be a lot more grounded in terms of like kind of more in line with the Black Widow one where it's more espionage oriented or just related to like maybe fighting Hydra or something if it's Zemo. Because uh, let me see if I could. Yeah, because you talk about Zemo being there and we just know he's getting the duds of the mask and everything else. We don't know if like anything else relating to it exactly. Other than the. Uh actor I, I forget his name currently the guy who plays the falcon slash now captain america yeah uh, walked out on stage for their like hall h panel with the captain america shield oh anthony mackie yeah yeah so next up is then shang chi so this movie will be yeah like i said simu lu will be uh shang chi and then we already talked about the rest of the casting we don't know who Aquafina will be, and then I'm just yeah I don't. Do you do you have anything else on Shang Chi? Because I honestly I'm excited don't. for it just for the I like the Ten Rings part of it. Oh yeah, like, it says in here Ten Rings. They are a terrorist group who were actually hired by Obadiah Stane and captured and imprisoned Tony Stark at the beginning of Iron Man. Yeah, they were that they did set that up in Iron Man One where like the the terrorist group called themselves like the 10 rings or whatever, but then that never really came back. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, until like Iron Man three, where like the air quotes, the Mandarin showed up, but like that wasn't really the Mandarin. Yeah. That was hilarious though. And he was like, I'm, I'm actually, my name is Trevor. They just told me to act like this. They, they, <laughs> they, they I told got me, ladies and booze and money. Yeah, it's like they offered me drug, like like drugs or something. Or it was like they made the joke. It was like they said they'd get you off drugs. Like no, they offered me more. <laughs> I thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, but it really like 
I guess most people that were upset about that joke were more like, oh man, I was so excited to see like the, the, Mandarin. the Mandarin doing some crazy fucking shit with his magic rings and shit. And like actually ha- have a real villain that could actually stand up to Iron Man instead of like fucking whiplash and the last one died in like two seconds. And then uh, what's his face? So it was the more extremist area for Iron Man 3. Yeah. And yeah, what's his uh, yeah, I also had problems with how they did extremists because it wasn't nearly as interesting as it was in the comics, and they also glossed over a few things. But let's not get into that. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, the Ten Rings logo apparently was shown in Ant Man, but Feige says, "But you didn't see that." <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's it for that one. Next up, WandaVision uh, for yeah, spring twenty twenty one for Disney Plus. Uh, so Olsen, who's Olsen? Oh, Elizabeth Olsen says, we're going to get weird. We're going to go very deep. Okay. We're finally going to understand Wanda Maximoff as Scarlet Witch. Every time we do one of these, the stories get richer and richer. I I, I could like this, I guess. I find it weird that... They are basically confirming that vision, the vision is part of it when he's literally one of the like few that actually permanently died in Endgame. No, Infinity War, because he died before the snap. Like literally, yeah, Thanos, but, yeah. Like, that's ripped what I said. He mind. didn't have dust insurance. He didn't come back. <laughs> he was uninsured. Yeah. So, and then Wanda's like, it went, uh, "Fucking Star Wars," is like, "You took everything from me." And Thanos is like, "I don't even know you." <laughs> yeah. That was pretty great. <laughs> funny. But yeah, like, honestly, I I want to know how they're going to try to bring Vision back. And But second, like... I feel like he's going to be more robotic, so it's going to be him becoming more human again, most likely. That could be interesting, because that, that's like a huge part of the Vision in I heard there's the also weird time. So, like, because Scarlet Witch is a very powerful character. Yeah, no, her... So this could be more, like, also different time area because we don't really know i, I could have well, sworn it said there was gonna be a different era uh, like a different set of decades it's gonna be in or something that'd be weird i have no As idea far, see like at least in the comics her powers are basically like reality warping based off of like manipulating probabilities or some shit like that yeah so it's basically a weird explanation for how she can just like conjure up whatever she wants and change reality uh, I mean, it's honestly kind of weird that she calls herself Scarlet Witch because she technically isn't really using magic. It's a mutant power. No, yeah. yeah. But, but either way, like, my main complaint, I guess, with Scarlet Witch in the movies, besides the fact that they had her have, like, a Russian accent for, like, one movie and that was it, but, like, they're n- they don't really define her powers very well. So I, if they go into that more in this like short series of like what her powers actually are and what she's actually capable of besides just like red tinted telekinesis, yeah, like that would be I would like that because that's one of the few things that I'm just like, what the fuck does she even do? Red stuff, <laughs> power of red, yeah. <laughs> unleash. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not complaining. My favorite color is red, but I'm just like. What does that even do? <laughs> no, for sure. And yeah, we'll, we'll see it when we get to it. Like for now, we're not going to hear anything for it probably for a while until after we get Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier out. Yeah. Just like, uh, I guess think of this, the, all the different Disney plus shows coming. Like when we, MCO shows were coming to Netflix because like, 
you won't hear about one until another one's finished. Like, you won't get the de the full details for one until after that next one. So that's probably how it's going to go with these ones. We at least just know, like, the titles are coming and they're in release windows. So next one, actually, also, same area, is the Loki one. Actually, I'm pretty interested in this one. So this will be the Loki that... So Loki is dead from Infinity War. Like, he died. This Loki is the Loki that escaped during the first Avengers movie. So this isn't the Loki that experienced any of the memories of Thor 2, Thor 3, or Infinity War. This is just post-villain Loki getting away mid-cap, like, after the capture when he took the fucking test. That was super funny. He's just, just like... disappeared. He's like, oh. Yoink. Zoom. That was funny. I mean, that explained exactly what happened, because you didn't really know how he was going to, like, when they said Loki TV show, you're like, how? But how? And then now we, yeah, I was like, once that he did that, I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Because the whole thing with Endgame, like, half the shit in Endgame was just stay tuned to the next episode. <laughs> uh, so let's see what it says about it here. The series will tell you what happened to Loki right after uh, he basically yeah, escapes. Because um, now it's basically, if I remember hearing it correctly, it's Loki going through time and basically being Loki, it sounds like. So he'll probably mess with a bunch of shit. But the whole thing, too, is he literally has... A cosmic cube. He's, he's got, like, that power with him, probably through the mm -hmm. show, unless somehow he loses it. Who knows how he's going to be... Um, oh, wait, here we go. Feigen Hiddleston on the stage. I explained that Loki in the series isn't necessarily the same Loki we've seen grow and change in Thor Ragnarok. You guys saw Avengers, right? He's still that guy. So he's the one that was like... You will blah blah blah, and then Hulk smashes him and shit. And I like, will not be bullied by a like whatever the fuck he was gonna call the Hulk until he just like gets smashed. Yeah, I am a god. But yeah, so that's all he really knows. Probably I think there's a lot of time he just goes through time and fucks with people because that's what Loki does. So not too much news on that. Honestly, as we go, we're probably gonna know less and less as, as what's going on when I, we talk about each one. But let's see what's the next set of ones. All right. So, Doctor Strange, what if, Hawkeye, Thor, okay. Uh, next up is the Doctor Strange movie, which, I'm going to be honest, out of everything probably announced, this is probably the least interesting to me. Really? But, yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest, like, I'm not a, that big of a fan of magic, or at least Marvel magic. Mm. Um, I also just, the first Doctor Strange movie was very okay to me. Really? Uh, it I was really just like, it. oh, it's a dude with the same uh, personality as Tony Stark with oh, magic really? powers, though. And the only the only part I remember laughing was just when the cape tries to wipe his tears away or something. Oh, yeah. That was that's about it. Um, I mean, it they did a fine job. It was just like it didn't stand out whatsoever. It was just another kind of middle tier, lower middle tier Marvel movie that was kind of eh. like in the te same template as the others. I thought they did a really good job with his origin story of like going with his hands getting like completely crushed and like, like he still has his hands, but they're just not nearly as like finely tuned as I would have rather had Colin Farrell's bullseye from the Ben Affleck Daredevil get those powers because he also got his hands fucked up. So, you know, oh, yeah. he could have been Doctor Strange. I don't know. They could have um, included that, and then because it's like different realities and multiverse, that actually would have worked. And you go, "Hey, where are you from?" Oh, a different movie timeline, and it's Ben Affleck's Daredevil. I don't know. Like there Bullseye. were a lot of there were a lot of things I liked about Doctor Strange. Like I think partially, I also really like origin story movies, so that that kind of che uh, checked one of those boxes for me. 
Um, I liked seeing this like arrogant dude like humbled in front of the like like the scene when he comes to um, the ancient one, yeah. and he's just like, "You're f- I came to you for like medical help, and you're talking to me about fucking chakras and other bullshit. Like that's it. I'm out of here. You're all like quacks." And she literally like grabs his arm and like sh- shoves I his like I was there with you when we watched it oh were you yeah I forgot so I'm like <laughs> you tell me about the movie we both watched I don't know I just I liked that scene of like he has like the one experience that's like unlike anything he's ever had in his life and he's just like uh what what just happens anyway like uh yeah before I get like way too off topic again like I I like Dr. Strange no, I I'm I excited for the next one just because like now that they're done with the origin story, they can go really crazy into, like, the the magic shit. Which they, it sounds like they will because uh, director Scott Derrickson said, if I'm going to do it, it's going to have to do what the comics did. Uh, so it's going to be very much like, uh, oh, he says, Derrickson says, Doctor Strange 2 will be the first scary MCU movie. Yeah, and that's the other thing that I'm interested in is, like, the idea of a... I, I want to see what Marvel thinks a horror movie is like. Oh, because this dude is director. He did the films like Sinister. So he's a horror movie director. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, I did hear that the villain for this one is supposed to be like Nightmare or something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. Which, does that mean they're not going to include What's-His-Face? That was starting to take people's magic uh, Mordo? Huh? Bar- Baron Mordo? Was that the guy that was his ally that turned into me? Yeah, I think I think that's what his name was. I could be off on that. Okay. Yeah, that's true. They did set up that guy as a, p- a potential future villain. I don't know, but uh, it says like uh, I mean, Cumberbatch then said, "I think it's vital to maintain the humor of the first film, but with this twist of horror, so it'll be, like scary." And then I'll look at the camera and be like, "Gotcha, folks," or something. Mm. I don't know. Um, it. I mean, all right. I'll be interested in the horror aspect, but. Like I said, I'm, I don't really care about the magic stuff. So, like, interestingly enough, I looked into the villain when they first talked about who he was supposed to be, and he's basically, like, a villain who, he, like, he lives in, like, a dream universe, and, or a dream dimension. So he's and fighting Freddy Krueger? He's basically Freddy Krueger. He literally, his deal is that he, his power is, like, it comes from people's subconscious. So as long as people dream, he will have power. And he seems to feed off of people by giving them, like, negative dreams. Or All right. Nightmares. If the trailer, when this comes out with the trailer, if it doesn't have one, two, Freddy's coming for you, <laughs> three, four, blah, 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 Like, if that's not in it, then I don't care. I'm going to say right now, then. Because you're just, you're just making me want to watch Friday, uh, the fucking Nightmare on Elm Street movies now. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But, hey, man, you know, it, it could be interesting. Last re- I've read of Doctor Strange, he was, he was like, working with uh, Doc Ock, Spider-Man, hmm. on, on some demons in Superior Spider-Man, which, it's a good comic. Also, just, like, Doctor Strange had some of the more interesting visuals of the entire Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah, definitely, because all that fucking shit. Yeah, just, like, the yeah. constantly repeating building parts and stuff like that. Yeah, was like, I mean, like, really like if you guys want to do something that he did, just fucking trip acid. You guys should figure it out as well. You'll, yeah. We like the same thing. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, Marvel's What If animated series. So this should be interesting because it's going to have a lot of returning people. Uh, confirmed to be working on it will be Michael B. Jordan, 
Sebastian Stan, Josh Brolin, Mark Ruffalo, Tom Hiddleston, Samuel Jackson, Chris Hemsworth, Haley Atwell, Chadwick Boseman, Karen Gillan, Jeremy Renner, Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Neil McDonough, Dominic Cooper, Sean Gunn, Natalie Portman, David Dismalfuck, what the fuck? David Dasmalchian, Stanley Tushi, Taika Watiti, uh, Toby Jones, Jamon Hunsu, Hunsu, uh, Jeff Goldblum, oh shit, Michael Rooker, and Chris Sullivan. Hmm. Um, there's another thing we pulled up. Yeah, so this is going to be coming in, uh, what was the slate? Summer 2021. I saw a, a potential stories, what it was supposed to be. Let me make sure I saw it correctly really fast. Where was it? Sorry, folks. Yeah, like I said, I have to, like, scan through all these fucking articles. There's so many of them. All right, here we are. All right. So it sounded like, um... So the whole thing is... The cool thing about the what if is it's based off of a comic called what if and what they would do in the comics is they would do a reimagining of an event in the Marvel universe. So like they did what if, what if uh, Avengers vs. X-Men, what if Spider-Man symbiote, what if all these other ones like ones where Spider-Man basically becomes Kraven at one point ones where like different people get the Phoenix power and AVX and all these other ones. At least when I did read them, I'm going to tell you right now, they're trash. Uh, I didn't like any of them. They weren't that good. So hopefully the show will do better than the comics, at the very least. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of a, like, I guess a Marvel show that's like, what if this shit happened? And yeah. if it's interesting... That, and then one new cool. casted character, uh, Jeffrey Wright, who is Bernard in uh, Westworld, hmm. he will be the Watcher. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's probably the watcher going, hey, folks, check out these cool channels I'm surfing through. And it's just going to be like, oh, wow. So the first story Today it sounds like. Today in the multiverse. <laughs> yeah. The first story it sounds like is Haley Atwell will be, uh, or Peggy Carter. It's supposed to be a reverse where um, what if Peggy Carter was the one who became a super soldier? Oh, interesting. And then uh, Steve Rogers will still join the fight with a suit made by Howard Stark. Ooh. According to Marvel President, uh, it's uh, they have not confirmed Chris Evans, but most likely it will be him. And of course, it'll have all the different characters. It sounds like it might be against um, Arnim Zola will be the main villain of that one, because they did cast the Toby Jones for that again, among other people. Like, uh, they casted Bucky and Howard Stark again, and the guy that did the serum, Dum Dum Dugan. Uh, there's something probably Ragnarok related because we have the Grandmaster by Jeff Goldblum yeah. and Chris Hemsworth for Thor. Uh, fucking Taika Waititi will be a fucking um, Korg probably and Loki and everything else. Natalie Portman, which then makes you wonder what the fuck that means. Uh, something with Ant-Man, something with Black Panther, something with a few of the Guardians. Or actually, no, not the Guardians. This is more... It looks more related to Thanos, because it's got Thanos and, uh, uh, what's her, uh, what's her name, um, what's Gamora's sister's name again? Nebula. Nebula, Yon oh, actually, yeah, I, c I can't tell if it's Guardians related or Thanos related more, maybe both, but yeah, so at least the one we know for sure is going to be specific, actually, you know what, the other one might be just, like, what if Killmonger wins or something, but basically... The, the three big ones to look at for now will be female Captain America, 
uh, something Ragnarok related and something Black Panther related are probably the big three takeaways. Uh, next up will be the Hawkeye show. So we don't know too much about it yet, but I believe for sure. Yeah, Kate Bishop was confirmed, which is pretty big. Uh, you know Kate Bishop, right? She's Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this is the other Hawkeye. She's a female Hawkeye, much younger than um, uh, Cliff. Right? What is his name? Cliff? No, not Cliff. Fucking. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Cliff, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I forgot Hawkeye's real name. Um, yeah. Oh, so, the actor is Jeremy Renner. Let's see. No casting details were given who she's going to be, but like Feige said, explore more of his, uh, it's going to be more of his time in Ronin. Uh, so we don't know if this takes place before Endgame or after is the thing. Cause it could be after and he's still Ronin and he's probably training his, uh, a Kate Bishop basically. Cause could I don't, be. I guess it's probably not going to be his daughter even though she was doing archery as well. And she kind of, I mean, she's, if I remember correctly, she was a brunette, so she looks like her. But who knows? Um, this has the same symbol, though, of course, as the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run, which was a very, very big comic when that came out. It's actually a, I would honestly recommend, even if you're not a fan of Hawkeye, because I've never given two shits about Hawkeye. The Hawkeye run by Matt Fraction is amazing, and it's a, it's honestly like one of the top, it's it's a required reading for Marvel if you like Marvel, it, it's really good. So this show's coming next. No, m- not many details about it other than we get to Kate Bishop and we'll see more Ronin basically, or Ronin, not Ronin. And then final one of this. Uh, oh, one last thing, I believe there's also rumors. Of course, Taskmaster will be in Black Widow, so he might even be in there as well. And then uh, yeah, back to th- so last one, Thor: Love and Thunder. So this is big because Natalie Portman is back and she will be playing, of course, Jane Foster, but Jane Foster will be uh, the Mighty Thor, other known as basically Femme Thor, Female Thor, whatever. Lady Thor. Lady Thor. Uh, yeah, actually Lady Thor is the best one. I like that one the best. This is Lady Thor. Uh, but yeah, so she's going to be Thor. Thor is also going to be Thor. The only thing I remember when they did in the comics is I was just like, literally, you give someone someone else's actual name. Like, that's their name. <laughs> and I was so cute. I was like, it's different when you're like, that's Captain America, but his real name is still Steve Rogers. Like, Well, I thought it was funny that they tried to make it a mystery of like, who could be the new almighty Thor? And it's like, almost immediately, everyone's like, it's probably Jane Foster. It's like, it's like yeah, she has the cancer. And yeah. it was like, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, no, it can't be Jane Foster. Well, like, you'll find out, and then it ended Which up I'll being be honest, so, the whole thing with this movie is it's taking from a very, very new arc. Like, this is the current Thor arc going on right now. Or, like, Thor... Thor uh, I thought she lost the hammer. Yeah, so, uh, currently in the comics, I believe it's Jason Aaron who's been writing it. Uh, he's been doing this whole Thor run since, like, uh, the Sins of the Past shit event that they did. Um, the whole thing is basically... Uh, Thor fought this crazy guy and he was doing all this stuff and then he lo- couldn't he didn't feel worthy to wield the hammer anymore and then Jane Foster was diagnosed with cancer it was breast cancer and she was getting like I guess chemo and everything else mm-hmm. but then she got she was worthy to pick up the hammer and the thing was that uh, she could use it but every time she turned into Thor it would reverse the chemo yeah so every time she's Thor she's dying more 
basically. And it uh, ended with basically uh, she Thor. I believe I don't know if he gets the hammer back or not, but basically she no longer has it, and she is not Thor anymore. But she is not dead because they just did a really big event called um, War of the Realms. And basically, it was super Asgardian shit throughout the whole MC, the whole Marvel Comics universe. And I believe now they killed all the Valkyries in it. Damn. And now to replace them, they made Giant Foster the Valkyrie. Oh. Yes. So she is Valkyrie now. Interesting. And Thor is still Thor. So, in this, of course, you're not going to cover all that. I don't think they'd get to War of the Realms or anything like that. This is just going to be purely like probably Lady Thor. Uh, We don't really know exactly what's going to happen because we also have Tessa Thompson coming back as actual Valkyrie. And then we, of course, Chris Hemsworth coming back as Thor. Um, Let's we'll see what happens. They might still. So the, the biggest question for this one is, is she going to be the same character of like she has breast cancer and this is the whole, like, that's the whole thing for it? Or is this going to be a different, more original reason that they're doing when it comes to I hate to say it, but it, I mean, granted, we literally know, like, nothing about it, but it seems like it could even just be literally for, like, one scene in the movie when Thor is, like, having trouble or something. She just, like, tries to pick up the hammer to help and, like, turns turns into uh, the mighty Thor. It could literally just be something like that. Actually... You know what I forgot? Huh? There's no hammer. Oh, wait. You're right. So Thor has the other I hammer forgot. that Steve won't give her powers. So the current hammer Thor has, she won't get powers from that. Um, it's only Molnar, the actual... Yeah. Like, thunder, lightning, hammer huh. that will do that. But Captain America took it back to his time, the whatever time. So what that means then possibly is that the hammer gets reconstructed or is he brought it somehow to her? We don't really know, uh, but I guess we'll find out. So that's more of a mystery, a mystery that I will say we probably will not know for a long time since it won't be out until the end of phase four. This is the final phase four movie. Um, I'm very interested to see how it goes. Uh, There was all this drama with Natalie Portman and MCU and stuff on like, she left it and everything else. I don't know. So it's like, see how it goes. I'm interested. Uh, I hope it's as good as Ragnarok, but we'll, we'll see what happens. This is probably honestly one of the more exciting movies I'm looking forward to uh, of the set for Phase 4, though. Yeah, I just love the title. Yeah, Love, Love and Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> Love and Thunder! Um, yeah, because yeah, I, mean, I believe they confirmed that Valkyrie is actually a... I think they said Valkyrie is a lesbian. Okay. So, it, I don't know if this rekindles Thor with Lady Thor or anything. I'm curious, because did they ever... Alright, did they ever bring Sif back? No. Alright, maybe they can bring Sif back to this, too. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, so that's it for Phase like 4 Marvel. I think Tessa Thompson's great. Definitely. But, wait, guys. There's more. They announced one more movie, but this is for Phase 5. That movie is Blade. Oh, shit, yeah, I totally forgot about I, that. I was like, dramatic pause. <laughs> I literally was like, wait, what? Yeah, dude. What so, could we have forgotten? Fucking like... Blade is coming. Uh, I don't think they gave a release date. Uh, yeah, so so Phase 4, like I said, it's just going to be the duration of 2020 through 2021. 
After that will be phase five, probably in 2022. So we're probably getting Blade in anywhere from, I want to say this seems like a very February movie. So we could either be getting it early, like late winter, early spring 2022, or we're getting it in like the April slot, probably. It, it's going to premiere somewhere between April, February to April. Like I'm almost guaranteeing it, probably. So all we know is, yeah, Blade movie and then starring Mahersha Ali. Yeah, the guy who played Cottonmouth. Yeah. Which was great. <laughs> He's So the man they picked is honestly a fantastic actor. He was great in Luke Cage to the point where when he was killed off, you felt the quality of the show it, it drop. It literally became a worse show. Yeah. It, it literally <laughs> was not as good ever since. Like, if, if you ever... I, I literally always say part... The first half of season one of Luke Cage is the best part of the entire series. Easily, just because Cottonmouth was a, such a more interesting, like gangster he than really Mariah cared. ever was. Yeah, it was definitely fucking god. So especially of, uh, since like Mariah, cousin, yeah, Black Mariah was fucking terrible. Well, that Mariah, was her villain name, right? What wasn't her villain name Black Mariah? Something like that. Yeah. It was like she people used to call her Black Mariah for some stupid reason, and she just like kind of leaned into it for her gangster name. I just had a problem with like she kept needing advice from Shades. To like, I mean, do you her know business? how bad life has gotten. If you're going to help from a person who calls themselves Shades, yeah. like you know, shit's bad. And the fact that Shades would constantly be like, "Listen, I've been in this business for a long time. What you're thinking of doing is a bad idea." Trust Let's me, I was in that. Sense of Anarchy. I know how this shit yeah. goes. Like, you just have to listen to me right now. Okay, yeah, and girl? then she just like ignore him, and then shit would get way worse for her because, of course, it does. Yeah, she was whatever. Shades was okay. Diamondback, I, like it was kind of a joke. It was, I it was like it was a big actually, Yo Mama fight. And you, then, yeah, uh, dude, I I actually liked that at the end of the first season when he put on the the, the Diamondback fucking, suit psh, psh, and like psh, psh. they're literally fighting in the streets of Harlem and people were like cheering. On yeah, they're the like, game. oh, we talking about your Mama, Luke. You better take his ass. That was fucking <laughs> it was sweet. Like, oh my god. Uh, and like, then of course also, we have the the other. All right, I love this fucking Bushmaster. Was a great yeah. villain. Literally, I think my favorite line in all of Luke Cage was just, like, when uh, Luke was walking into, like, the, oh, shit, the church or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry about what happened with your mom. She was a wonderful lady. And, she, and Con- or, or, uh, uh, Diamondback shoots back, like, I hated your mom. She was a bitch. Or no, it's like, your mom was a bitch. I hated her. <laughs> I fucking, like, the way he delivers it made me laugh so hard. Uh, all right and then um he was great in moonlight oh yeah and then he was good in elite battle angel i don't think i've seen him in anything else yet but yeah so any i oh oh i forgot i haven't seen it yet but he's supposed to be one of the two stars of true detective season three Hmm. so i really want to watch that like he he is he's so fucking good he's a really really he's I'm, I'm so excited for this he's the all right if they casted anyone else i would have been like fucking trash that's not wesley snipes but they did this to the point where i've been wanting wesley snipes back his blade forever like i've actually really really wanted wesley snipes back his blade and this is the one person they were like hey you'll be happy and i was like fuck you got me i'm so sorry wesley <laughs> Uh, I heard, though, I think Wesley Snipes will probably be in it in one form or another. I know they, someone asked him about, like, what do you think about them re- uh, bringing back Blade? And he was like, I think it's a really good idea. Oh, no, yeah. He, he was fine with it. He was like, yeah, that's just how the business goes and everything else. And yeah, he's he's great. So, 
what we have left, of course, they confirmed that the most likely these will be phase five, I'm assuming, because they said these were confirmed, will be Black Panther 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which was delayed because of Suicide Squad 2. Not complaining. Right. We're just getting good James Gunn shit. Well, right. okay, hopefully. Because, like I said, like, I, it's like weird. I complete. It's weird. I forgot Guardians 2 happened, so I'm just looking forward to anything James Gunn is doing again. But I'm like, oh, wait, no, he did Guardians 2. That was trash. Like, I don't know if it's. I'm hoping. I'm hope. I'm really hoping Suicide Squad Two is amazing and Guardians Three is amazing because I love Guardians One so much and then hated Guardians Two a lot. So I, like, I think my problem with Guardians Two, like, I didn't hate it. I actually, I thought it was still an entertaining movie. It's just that like, it just felt like they were trying to do more Guardians of the Galaxy, and there wasn't really much substance to it other than. Look, here's those characters you love. They're dancing. <laughs> hey, it's it's fucking Drax laughing for thirty minutes. Yeah, and it gets really. I could I could have dealt or done without like the weird awkward joke about Drax having like sensitive nipples. Yeah, I felt like that didn't That's add right. anything. I, I very I, well. I will say because I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, uh, the Rooster Brothers did bring back other directors for the other movies for specific scenes of the other characters. Oh, so I believe James Gunn had the part of, like, the uh, the beginning of, like, the Guardians in Infinity War when they pick up Thor and stuff. Mm. So if that was the case, maybe it was also it was just, like, a small part of them instead of a full movie of it, but it was well done. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I feel like all the humor and just the banter of Guardians was done well in one and then in Infinity War, and it was just, like, in two that it was kind of, like, overdone and everything else. But okay, yeah. So, played, we get for Phase 5, Black Panther 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Captain Marvel 2, and then uh, the introduction of the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I uh, third time's the charm, right, folks? Also, I mean, I mean, I will say this. I mean, I've never liked Fantastic Four comics or anything otherwise. The only versions of them I like is in the Venture Brothers, <laughs> and then the Incredibles is like the the closest you get to it. Like, it's just like a, a super family, and Incredibles just did it right. Yeah, I mean, I like that the Fantastic Four are, like, one of the first groups, or one of the first comics Marvel ever did, but, like, yeah, I never found them particularly super interesting, uh, but at the same time, I also find it really weird that Fox couldn't make a single good movie out of them. Yeah, I know, it's... <laughs> so, like, it's I kind of want to see if Marvel can actually get it done, or, I or think if it's probably, just going mean, be another Feige's piece of shit. probably got some, something up his sleeve for it. Probably. Alright, I mean, all they gotta do is bring in a... I feel like they're gonna make a separate movie for Doom, almost. Or they can yeah. have a Doom movie spin because they, they can really make they're... it into a big, big phase two overarching villain if they yeah. really want to. Didn't they? Yeah. Or, I mean, um, like, Saga 2, because, like, the Avengers Saga, and then this would be, like, the post-whatever Saga, but I feel like they could just... In, first one was Thanos, they make this one Doctor Doom. You're, you're golden. You have a dude named Doom, and he has a dumb metal outfit it's like great you're good yeah you can't see his face you just see his eyes and, and, and that's it he's, i always found dr doom funny to be honest but like, <laughs> he's still a good villain yeah, i always thought he looking. i always thought he was like kind of a joke when i was a kid but like dude he's like fucking powerful yeah no like, yeah. he basically has like a more advanced iron man suit somehow but also has like magic so he's somehow a and he's com- a king or president. Or yeah, whatever. and he literally is like the ruler of Latveria, his like own country, and they actually like love him there because he's actually like a good leader. Yeah. So we have that, and then 
He didn't really say much about it, but he said no time to left to talk about mutants. Confirming, though, we will get X-Men eventually after that. So we'll see. Maybe in Phase 5 we'll get them. That could be, like, kind of that slot where Thor took. The X-Men could take at the end of just, like, hey, bub, I know, I'm Wolverine. I'm new Wolverine. I'm 30 now. <laughs> Who knows? We, we, we're we going to get some form of X-Men. But, okay, we're finally done with the marvel news that's it any last any last remarks for it no i think we talked long enough about that okay cool the rest of the stuff we'll get through fairly quickly for the most part we'll see uh all right so small stuff from dc they didn't really talk about much but they showed a trailer for the harley quinn animated series i am curious about it because it's, I mean the whole thing is this is an adult series. It's not going to be for kids. Like there's uh, probably more violence and blood and uh, profanity and probably sexual innuendos and whatnot in this one. I think it could either be really good or it's going to be really bad. I don't think there's going to be a middle with it because it's going one way or another. I just don't know how it's really going to be when it comes out. Because I can't really gauge it yet from what I watched. It's just kind of... It's supposed to be very comedic and wacky and shit. Like, at one point she kicks Aquaman in the balls for some reason. I don't know why. I don't even know why Aquaman's in there. I, like, I don't okay. fucking know what's happening. For some reason, the only heroes I saw were Batman and Aquaman. And then Joker's in it and all these other villains and shit. Who knows? So, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, it looked like it was exploring the Poison Ivy, Joker, Harley Quinn love triangle, though. So that could also be interesting. Uh, and then they uh, said they're renewing second seasons for uh, Doom Patrol and Young Justice, which I'm excited for. I still have to watch the everything that came out in DC Universe now that I have it. Oh. So I'm excited to watch everything. Dude, honestly, I'm going to have a good time just going through all that. I get to binge four fucking shows. This is going to be great. Like, I did get a chance to watch the first episode of Doom Patrol when they put it on YouTube, and I actually enjoyed it. I saw it. the first episode of that. Uh, I enjoyed it a house. lot more. Than yeah, it, it looks so fucking to. good. Apparently, it's it, it's supposed to be the best superhero show ever that's live action. I don't know about that. but <laughs> Have you seen more of it? No, but I don't know. Yeah, Honestly, that's what I've heard. Like, it's It's better than Netflix Marvel stuff, and then... Besides that, there's nothing really up there. It's like a, it's better than the CW stuff. What other TV shows are there? I don't know. I mean, I I'm really... talking specifically live action, not. Yeah, I know. I really, really liked the Daredevil, the first season specifically. I thought oh, it was yeah. amazing. But th- apparently, this like this really does a lot. Like, yeah, I don't know. I can't. Like I said, I I only watched the first episode, so I can't say if like the entire season had like a better arc or whatever. But I just thought there were like a couple things in the first episode that I th- I found off putting, like. It was interesting that the villain was the one narrating the episode, but he spent most of the time talking about how lame and shitty the main protagonists are. Well, so yeah. I, do, do you not the Do you not know about the Doom Patrol? Or? Not really. Ah, I I'd, I would read up on them, and then you'll you'll understand a little bit more. All right. Just because they're they're very big to the point where like Grant Morrison wrote them a lot, and Grant Morrison's fucking insane when he writes shit. Because like if you read his like. His big DC event, Final Crisis, you have to read it three times to understand it. Like, mm-hmm. his shit's insane. I don't know. I, I just felt like for a show that's trying to introduce me to a bunch of new characters that I personally don't really know much at all, it constantly telling me that they're not worth my time is not a good way of, like, telling me that they are good uh, to watch. But I don't know. Like, yeah, like I, I said, it's that's the whole thing about them. That is literally the entire thing with the Doom Patrol. They're mm-hmm. not supposed to be, like, 
This isn't the Justice League or the Titans. Well, no, I wasn't expecting them to be. I just wanted. I was. I just found it odd. No, that... no, they're supposed to be like losers, or they're like they're very weird character. They're very weird. Like it's mm-hmm. it's incredibly weird to the point where now um the current series for them is being done by uh, a guy who's leading like a, an imprint of like young uh, like upcoming writers and stuff, and it's some of the best stuff written currently right now. Yeah, the only other thing about the first episode that kind of bugged me was that. Not that they lied about the Robot Man. Oh, Robot Man's uh, about Robot Man's yeah. like family still being alive, and then like lied again about it later. It was more like that within one episode they had like three psych out moments of like, yeah, we told you earlier that his entire f- that only he died, and his family just doesn't know he's alive. Well, psych, he actually killed his whole family in a car crash. Psych, he didn't kill his whole family in the car crash. He just killed him and his wife. Daughter's still alive. I don't even know if that's fucking the truth. I believe it is. Um, but, dude, I'll put it this way. this That's just one episode. No, that's, the, that's what I mean. All it's that like, happens in one episode. Imagine I know, that, what all the other episodes are like. No, that was my problem. Was that, like, if they had spread that out to the rest of the season, where, like, you don't find out that his family is actually, like, alive until, like, two episodes later, or at least that his daughter is, like... It would have felt less cheap. I will say then, only encounter that, that you should just watch it, and then you'll probably understand it. Mm, probably. Because just basing it off of one episode, and then expecting that to be in other episodes, when you don't know what the other episodes actually happen with, then that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Alright, next thing. Lord of the Rings news for the show, which troubles me a little bit, because I don't know. Uh, Markella Kavanaugh has been reportedly, not confirmed, but reportedly cast as Kira for the Lord of the Rings Amazon show. The reason this is troubling is because it sounds like that is an original character. Um, I, it, it, the only reason that troubles me is because if it's a existing point of the timeline where it's like stuff that's already been covered in the books and they're just introducing new characters... Usually that stuff doesn't go well. Like if you want a prime example of that, look what happened in The Hobbit when they introduced a female elf to make a dwarf elf love story within it. Remember Evangeline Lilly plays, uh, I think, Talissa or Talwin or something? I totally forgot about that. Yeah, there was basically a thing where it was like uh, the the female elf that was with uh, Legolas was like, I love this dwarf after meeting him in a cage for like a second. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, is this what love is like? Take it away from me. Kill me. And they're like, no. And then she's like, oh. And then, like, Liz is like, I don't want to be here anymore. And then you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this isn't The Hobbit. <laughs> that, yeah, so the, literally that was the worst part of The Hobbit movies was all that shit. So I'm, I'm like, that's why I'm very much against original characters. Uh, hopefully, if this is a more original time of the like books and everything else then i'll be okay but like, i don't know i'm just afraid I'll, i'm just cautious i guess you could say we'll see what happens though uh then we have a small bit of batman beyond news there was a panel for the 20th anniversary of batman beyond uh in it they asked if there will be could there be a fifth season of batman beyond in the future to which bruce tim said uh depends on how well i guess possibly the blu-rays sell when they come out for the series the only reason that sort of makes sense is 
when people wanted a third season of Young Justice after the tease cliffhanger from the second season, and they had canceled the show. Uh, the showrunner, or the guy that like created it, I believe, said it's on Netflix right now. Depending on how many people watch it, will determine if it has a future eventually. Again, if it could have a, p a potential future, but people watched apparently the shit out of it on Netflix, and now we have it on DC Universe with its third season, and now being renewed for fourth season. So it kind of shows that hey, if you love something enough and just keep watching it or show love for it by buying it or whatever, it'll work. I don't know if buying the Batman Beyond Blu-ray will actually work, but I already, I saw the difference between the Blu-ray and the DVD and its flooring, so I'm getting it myself anyway. Uh, we'll see if enough sales of it, though, will actually make a difference, and we'll see if it's season. Yeah, I'd probably like to pick that up on Blu-ray, too, just because Batman Beyond is like one of my favorite cartoon childhood shows. <laughs> one cool thing, too, was... Your childhood uh, cartoon shows? I mean, like, we saw it going downhill because, I mean, like, look at the epilogue episode of Justice League Unlimited. That had that like future episode where it's an older uh, Terry McGinnis and he's like older Ben Beyond and like ends with him proposing to uh, he was gonna go propose to I think Tara I think that was her name or no Dana and it was basically like him dealing with Bruce and it finds out that he's actually his son yeah and stuff um, that apparently was supposed to be a whole movie oh. after Return of the Joker but Return of the Joker flopped oh. so they didn't do it. And apparently Catwoman was going to be the villain, because she wanted to, like... I I'm not really sure of it, but it was, like, I guess the past stuff where, like, making a second Batman and everything. Who knows? Hmm. But, yeah, so that, like, you could tell that's where kind of everything ended, was at that point. So, there's enough support now. Yeah, we'll get another season. And then, um, next, we had the trailer for Jojo Rabbit, which we saw again today, uh, watching a specific movie we'll talk about in the next episode. But... It's a satire, I guess, it, it reminds me of, it reminds me of Moonrise Kingdom, that, um, Wes Anderson movie, where it was, like, the kids camping and everything, it had, like, Edward Norton and Bill Murray and some other people on it. Uh, you never watched that? No, I think I missed that one. Oh, it's pretty cool, but it, it's, like, this little German kid that's, like, a, a, I guess, like, a Boy Scout or a Hitler youth, we really don't know, um, or maybe, I don't know, there's more details, I just don't know myself. But it looks like a really fun movie. The best part is it's a Taika Waititi movie. So the guy that did Thor Ragnarok and everything else. Um, he even, in the movie, it looks like he's playing Hitler. Which I thought it was hilarious. Uh, the way he was acting. So this honestly looks like a very fun, ridiculous satire movie. So I'm looking forward to it. And then, you have anything on it? or Nah. Did you like what you saw when you saw it? Which one was this? The, the one with the Nazis... Oh, that was the one. Yeah, I thought that looked hilarious. Yeah, all right, there you like, go. Like, particularly the, the scene where, like, some kid is just, like, crying in the woods. And, Jojo. Like, yeah, and, like, Hitler shows up out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, it's Taika Waititi. It's the director. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's the guy that played Korg. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, it, like, I just love, he's like, he's like, oh, why are you crying? It's like, they called me, like, a scared little rabbit. It's like, Psh, don't listen to them, people. People used to say shit all uh, like about me all the time. They used to say, "Look at that guy. Look at that psycho. That guy's gonna kill us all. He's a madman." And he just kind of like looks at, like shrugs his shoulders, like, "Oh, look at me now." And it's supposed to be a, an unsaid thing of like, "Yeah, no, because Hitler was fucking insane." Yeah. <laughs> so then, um, last three pieces of news: uh, the Zombieland Double Tap trailer. I I thought it looked interesting. I liked the first one, but I don't. I don't think there really needed to be a second one, but I don't know. 
So uh, they talked about the director talked about it or the writer, I guess. Uh, I think he's both, but he said it took him years to even think of a story. Really? To write, yeah. So it took him ten years to even like have one because he couldn't think of anything. He was like, what, okay. "What else could I talk about?" So the way I heard about it was like, it's. I mean, the whole thing is it takes it's ten years after. Oh. Yeah, the whole thing. It's a ten-year time jump. They're all older. Well, yeah, I know. I know the little girl is like older now. Like there, there literally was a scene in the trailer where she, uh, uh, shit, what the fuck is, uh, oh god, Woody Nelson's character, Woody Harrelson, Woody Harrelson. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But- yeah, like, he 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 like calls her like little girl at some point, and she's like, you know, I'm not a little girl anymore, right? And he's just like, oh yeah, she's like a fucking teenager or something. No, well, she's like older now, dude. She was like probably like 11 in the first one. So yeah, she's probably in like her 20s. She's like yeah, she's like in her early 20s now, probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the, it sounded like Emma Stone said she would be down to do this every 10 years, <laughs> and just have a time jump every time of like oh, your story. That would be and that actually sounded really cool. And then I, I also felt very melancholy about it because i'm like oh god i'm gonna feel fucking old each time each one comes out just that thought because it, if it really came out 10 years ago that means we were like what 18 yeah like that's fucking it blows damn my, i was in fucking high school uh, blows my fucking mind that's it's insane oh my god all right all right last last couple pieces of news leaving this one <laughs> makes all right so i'm really excited about this so George Miller says, for sh- uh, he says there are more stories to be told for Mad Max. He says he has two basically, like, I'm assuming stories as movies. It sounds like he has two more Mad Max movies and a Furiosa movie as well that he still wants to do. And they're still solving. We've got to play out the things in water, but it's pretty, it seems pretty clear that it's going to happen. So despite everything that's happened between George Miller and Warner Brothers, these movies are going to happen and that's going to be fucking awesome. For those that don't know what I mean by uh, everything that happened between them. Uh, Miller's production company, Kennedy Miller Mitchell, sued Warner in 2017 after after the distributor refused to pay out a multi-million dollar bonus. The bonus was to be paid if Fury Road's final cost came in under $157 million. Uh, Well, it ultimately exceeded that budget. Miller's company claims that was only due to substantial changes and delays created by Warner. So even though all that's happening, Miller says, like, uh, nearly two years later, the chaos is stabilized, according to Miller, and it's become extremely positive as the dust seems to have settled after the AT&T merger. So, like, it sounds like they're basically getting back together, and they're like, all right, hopefully we can figure this out. And Because he wants to make these movies. I want him to make these movies. Personally, I'm like, all right, George Miller, make me these movies and make me Man of Steel 2. Now that you're back with Warner Brothers, because that just, you know, just make me maybe fucking make me still do. That'd be a good time. This time, Clark breaks everyone's necks. <laughs> nah, I liked Man of Steel, like, a lot. I had a couple problems Last with Last piece of news. All right. <laughs> Venom 2 will be having its director be... Okay, that sounded stupid when I phrased it that way. Basically, the director of Venom 2 is going to be Andy Serkis. Which is interesting. Like... I can't remember. The mocap master will be. Yeah, like I, I don't know. Like that's the thing is, like he's got more experience being the CG character than. Well, he did that. He directed um that Jungle Book movie for Netflix. He did. That's true. I actually haven't seen it yet, but it honest, uh, from what I saw, that at least the visual effects didn't look 
as uh, I mean honestly it didn't look as budgeted as uh, or at least it didn't look like it had as much money as Disney's Jungle Book did yeah well it did definitely people generally consider it the lesser of the two jungle book movies that came out with like within a couple of years of each other yeah so we'll see what happens with it um i believe also like uh what's her uh i forget her name uh who is the female she played Anne, but i can't remember the actress's name that played Anne in the movie um she's supposed to be coming back so the female the female lead will be coming back as well besides tom hardy is venom right so yeah that's it we don't there's no release date or anything we just know andy circuit's directing uh actress that played Anne. i'm sorry i can't remember her name will be coming back as well as tom hardy as eddie brock and venom i'm excited because i literally it's like i said venom the, the movie was okay tom hardy as venom and as eddie brock was amazing if they just did another one and just fixed all the issues, like same thing mm-hmm. with the Assassin's Creed movie, just fix all the issues, keep the same actor and stuff like that. It's going to be fucking amazing. Just just do that and you'll have a fucking solid movie. Yeah. Like I really like Venom as a character and as, I mean, I was expecting the movie to be a complete train wreck, which for the most part it was, but like I did at least enjoy uh tom hardy as eddie brock and i thought his like back and forth between himself and like the symbiote was actually really interesting oh yeah. i thought they did a good job with that very much so but it, yeah it's just everything around that was like eh? yeah like I don't know. no like i said it was great with him everything around him was trash in a whirlwind yeah okay so <laughs> that is everything folks that is all of it it's over two and a half hours of content thanks comic-con shit <laughs> Um, if you have any comments, positive or negative, any feedback to give us, please email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, follow us at sutrasidetalk. If you want to follow Jim specifically, follow him at invaderjim124. If you want to follow me specifically, follow me at gogocamzilla. Also, if you guys can, I don't know if this really affects us too much, but if you can, if you can. Uh, if you can rate us on the respective platforms, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play Music, and give us like positive reviews, subscribe, all that kind of stuff, that would help us out. Thank you so much. Uh, we're possibly, we'll see, because it's later now than we expected, we'll see about uh, a second episode. Basically, we'll be recording our 25th episode now, uh, but we'll probably release them within the same week, just a few days apart, if anything, just to kind of give more space between there we'll see how it goes but look for this episode well actually you'll already have you'll be listening to this episode but it'll be out in a couple days at, at the most but if not uh probably uh actually i might just have it out tonight we'll see probably yeah. premiere on friday yep but until then you guys have a good one we'll talk to you later thanks for listening